everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Scrafty. And I'm Tom. And today we are covering episodes 30 through 32 of Digimon Adventure Zero Two. We are getting into our. We finished our denouement of introducing some of our new villains, and now we're getting back into. The real uh, thick of things with a new MacGuffin hunt. We're getting with some new villains this week, so these were these are pretty good episodes, I thought. So I'm excited to talk about them. Yes, yeah, they they're, are. they're definitely. Yeah. The reason we're doing three in this episode is because they're a little bit lighter on in terms of like things to discuss, but that doesn't mean they're bad per se. Definitely, I think I think that's the nice thing is that they sort of they all sort of mesh together pretty well. I think. Yes, uh, this is this, these were good ep- a good uh, set of episodes for setting up like where the plot's going. I, I, f- I felt like by the end of like thirty two, we have a good amount of uh, like <sighs> intrigue. Might be overstating it, but um, yeah, they've, they've definitely we definitely moved fully into the next arc of the show at this point. So yeah, there is there is a new thing going on. Exactly, we've even mostly got past all of the like. Uh, will they, won't they, regarding Ken. So, um, Ken joining the Digidestin for, for the most part. So, we're, uh, yeah, we are definitely uh, into into it now. So, uh, yeah, I like these. I'm excited to talk about them. Yeah. These are a fun couple of episodes, so let's uh, let's get right into that. Yeah, Scraft, do you want to take us away on episode 30, then? For sure. So, episode 30 is a lot of table setting. Um, not a whole lot of, like, actual action, so I'll make this uh, as quick as I can. So, Essentially, the gang's still doing their their civic duty, destroying a bunch of control spires. Meanwhile, Arikanimon's kind of stewing in uh, her e-girl bathwater because she's still very salty about getting beaten up in the <laughs> Giga House the last arc. I'm so um, distraught. So, Mummywon comforts her, and uh, then she has the bright idea that, hey, wait a second. If a monster created with one control spire is strong... And one created with, create with ten control spires is even stronger. What if I made one with a hundred control spires? So she goes off and decides to to do just that. And by the time the rest of the group catches up to her, it's too late. She's birthed her ultimate creation out of a hundred control spires, the menacing and many adjectived Black War Greymon. And they start scrapping with him, but since he's a super powered mega and they have champions at best, they're not doing too well. Stingmon and Exodemon do a DNA Digivolution to Pyeldramon to try to fight him, but even that's no good. They get thoroughly jobbed by, by Black War Greymon. But just when it seems like they're going to you know be defeated by this monster, they start fleeing. Arukanimon orders Black War Greymon to, to go after them, but he's like, I'm way stronger than you, I'm going to listen to you, and then, and then bails himself to, to go find a worthy opponent in his uh, Bushido code. So that's pretty much all that happens this episode. It's pretty... Pretty light overall, like I said, but that mean doesn't mean that nothing happens in it. So, yeah, yes. there is a, a bit of conflict still with like uh, Cody and Ken. Like they still haven't gotten over there. Uh, for Cody, his dis- dislike and distrust of Ken, and for Ken, his just sheer awkwardness that he now has. Yeah, Ken. Ken's falling on the angst hole now. He's he's very much <laughs> in fully in like the do I really belong here mode. Yeah, and and Cody does does not make it easy at all. So. Yes, yeah. Cody is very much in. Yeah, he's he's like, nope. This guy caused unfathomable amounts of damage to the digital digital world, and you know he beat us up a bunch, and he did all these awful things, and now he's just like part of the gang. He won't get on very well. It, it'd be like if uh, 
It'd be like if Krillin started moping around all the time just after Vegeta joined the <laughs> joined the Z Fighters. Yeah. Doesn't really. It's it's kind of in, unintuitive, let's or say. If, uh, or if Yamcha was uh, was sulking because the guy that murdered him by proxy stole his girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, he did rub it, and then he quickly realized that was that was a waste of time. So. Um, you know, at least that's one thing Yamcha's got over Cody, I guess. But the, the uh, you hear, yeah, you hear the, it here the, first, Co- <laughs> Cody worse than Yamcha. <laughs> in this one regard, in every <laughs> regard, hmm, tight, tight, uh, tight contest. Um, I would say I really like the fact that um, no, I don't I, actually. Sorry, I don't really like. I I'm not much of a fan of the fact that there this um conflict, let's say, still going on because. Ultimately, I think Ken's proven his worth and is like objectively shown that he is not the same person as he was when he was the Digimon Emperor. Like, you know, yeah, you literally... think this, you think this plotline would have been dealt with uh, the last arc when when Cody saved yeah. Ken's life from a giant washing machine. Yeah, I would. I put that in my notes. I'm like, <laughs> yes. bro, you saved his life. Like, you could have left him to die and been like, whoops, couldn't do it. But like, you clearly hold at least some regard for Ken, so, like, why are you still doing this? Like, Also, also, Cody is, like, eight years old. <laughs> I don't know why he has, like... He's too young to be forming these kinds of grudges against... I mean, against again, his, his dad was a cop. <laughs> yeah, keyword so, yeah. was. This this stuff yeah. is hammered in yeah. from birth. Yeah, I mean, Cody, Cody is just predisposed that humanity can't change. You are either evil or good, and there's nothing in between. I yeah, so that thing. I, I would also say that in this episode, it doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> they have the they have the they have the cute moment where like Davis and Yole are trying to like parent trap them into into like getting along <laughs> with each other. Um, <laughs> that's all I could think of. It's like this reminds me. It's oh yeah, it's it's the, it's the parent trap trope. That's exactly yeah, that, what's going that on. does yeah. that does remind me. I totally forgot this in my synopsis because it's such a weird minor. Part it takes like literally only one minute of screen time, but there's like a very brief part in the episode where Ken loses confidence in himself and, and just kind of runs away right before the battle starts. And Yole has to fly over and slap him right in the face to get him to snap out of his his funk. Ken's like, I think I like this. Slapping, do you want to slap me? No, no, we're not going down that road. Uh, just the, we've already the, got the, one. The noise he makes. The noise he makes when slapped. Like he, it's not like a cry. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> He made a little like adorable whimper, and I thought that was the funniest thing. He's like, oh. yeah, it's we've, it's we've so not like Ken. Like it, it's so pathetic. It's so funny. <laughs> can I um? Can I? Speaking of Ken, can I just say that like now that we're post Digimon Emperor arc, I really like how like soft they're drawing his expressions. Like they feel like very like gentle and kind <laughs> is are the two ad uh, adjectives used to describe yeah. Ken, and I think, like, the way, like, his, like, smiles and stuff, like, are, and, like, his face is drawn now is, like, really, like, nice and, like, gentle and kind, I say again. But, like, I really like how that's done to, like, denote, like, these changes over time of he's going from, like, evil to unsureness, and, like, he has, like, those, like, really, like, pensive looks, and now he's just very, like, sort of, like, soft smiles and that, that and the like, and I really love that. It's, they, 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 he's a good yeah. character. They did a good job fleshing him out. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I I, I appreciate that. I, I I find that the slapping thing to be it's it's a weird recurring theme across these few episodes. 
Um, yeah, and, you can and... you can blame uh, you can blame Gundam for this trope becoming popular. Oh, is that okay, a Gundam trope? It, as far as I'm aware, like it, it was popularized by Makes the original sense. Mobile Suit Gundam. But the, the ironic thing is that in in the original uh, Gundam series, it doesn't work. It does the opposite. <laughs> it turns out that corporal <laughs> oh, okay. punishment uh, doesn't make whiny kids want to cooperate. It just makes them more belligerent. Yes, but I mean, yeah, it becomes expected. it becomes a running theme in every Gundam series from then on. In Zeta Gundam, which is the second like full series made, yeah, it's like and so the Zeta Gundam, it's actually like a, a like almost like a running joke. Like multiple times, uh, care like people in the military will slap like their their underlings and then call it correction. So <laughs> like, please report to the bridge for some correction, and they show up and just slap them right away. Oh, so so it's like wow, cool slap, and then it's like uh, uh, corporal punishment is bad, <laughs> flying over yeah. the person's head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, like, like every I'm other goddamn. Every I've other, every other series just yeah. took the wrong idea. Like the the Gundam is, says over and over again, "Hey, this doesn't work." It makes people upset and bitter, and they're like, "Oh, it must work so well." <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the star, Starship Troopers problem. Um, I find, um, yes, yeah, but I find it in here to be really funny how like, that's the thing they resort to, even when like these are kids. Like I don't know that they would take it so well as well. So uh, they are very much writing them as adults in those kinds of moments, uh, which you know I, I think you've got to in in a show like this, got to do that every now and then. But I just find it funny that it extends to like, oh, when when the kids get slapped by their friends, they understand why that happened and don't just go like ape shit because <laughs> I, I feel like that's. <laughs> <laughs> probably what they should do um anyway uh, I, I yeah i find ken like ken and cody's conflict here to be a bit um it's maybe gone on a little bit too long and then it, yeah it just kind of vanishes after ken rightfully sort of goes off to kind of like collect himself or whatever he's wanting he, he just go for a bit of a sulk i will say i've got to admit and yeah after, you after gotta be a little broody and he, yeah and then yole knocks some sense into him i guess um he comes back and it's like okay like it doesn't really pick up or, or anything so they kind of get distracted by um by our new villain here <laughs> or, or sorry not our new villain um our, our, as the episode title calls him the our new ultimate anti-hero um <laughs> who's, of, course, yeah, of course they're trying to push Black him they're trying Black to Black put him over so hard in this episode they, yeah, and they I, do. I can't decide i can't <laughs> yeah sure what i can't decide if i like him or not he's so embarrassing <laughs> He's just, he's just <laughs> the really... one thing I wrote in my notes throughout these episodes shouting. is that he is like peak Steve Blum voice. Yeah, see, and like the more the... he talks, like the yeah. more you can tell. And I actually kind of love it for that. Like yeah, like having having seen this this series before, I think if it wasn't for Steve Blum's amazing voice, I would very much dislike this character. He is such a cliche. <laughs> he is. I, I mean, I, I I can get into this a little bit more in episode twenty. Uh, sorry, not twenty. Uh, thirty-two. I found. I found his performance to be all over the place. Like, it, it, not in t- not in terms of like the tone he's going for. Like, that was all sort of fine, but like the delivery of it and like the, the <laughs> like not accent, but like you know the intonation or whatever. It's just so strange. It's like one moment he sounds like like Shadow, like from from the Sonic games. One moment he sounds like Agent Forty Seven, which I thought was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> At times he sounds like you know like an orc or something. Like he he has yeah, it's just a bit all over the place. It's just like edgy monster guy voice so i love steve bloom but yeah i i, I, I didn't realize it was him and i guess that kind of explains it because i wouldn't expect him to be this this uh 
inconsistent, let's yeah. say. It's uh, it's funny because in episode 32, when he starts like pontificating about flowers, yeah. and it's in like the peak Steve Bloom voice, it's the best thing. Like, I don't care what, it's the best yeah, thing. Yeah, he's he gets into his Wolverine voice by the end of it. Like, he's, <laughs> or whatever. Like, he's very, um, he kind of falls into uh, a groove by the end of that one. But yeah, in this, in this first episode, I've, Berserker Barrage. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, the, in the Little Speaks, he is he's he's going for more like a like a shadow Adam Jensen sort of thing. I'm like <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's goofy. So it's yeah, exactly it's... what you'd expect by oh we took the we took the coolest Digimon from the last series, but painted him black. And uh, yeah, I just don't. It's too many adjectives. Like war gray one was already two adjectives, and they're adding a third one that's another <laughs> color. Like, how can it be black and gray at the same time? It frustrates me. Well, he was never gray in the first place, so he's not gray. He's war gray. So it's a difference. Like it's like maybe it means like gray more like war gray morality, gray morality and, and acts of war. Maybe that's what it was. <sighs> it just bugs is, me. Like it's. It should, it should just be black Greymon, I think. Or, or you know, dark no, Greymon or black, something. Black, like Black Warmon, don't you mean? Or, or like, <laughs> War Blackmon? Black or... Warmon would kind, of be, would kind of be a vibe. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, no, it's just I, like, like the, I, I like this, it's goofy. I think it's, I think, I think it's just too many, too many adjectives and syllables in there. Yeah. But that's Digimon! Like, they just slap <laughs> them, they just keep slapping prefixes onto, prefixes onto... On Digimon names, which you know, it's you see, this, it reminds me like is, German. <laughs> like, it's just this, so. Yeah. <laughs> I think that this reaches its peak in one of the the world games. One one of the one of the bosses is a corrupted version of Blackboard Greymon called Chaos Blackboard Greymon. Yes, I, I yeah I have seen him. Yeah, yeah. I want now. I want Chaos Blackboard Greymon X. Just like go go whole <laughs> hog on it. My favorite, but like I find it funny that they do that, and then like when it, when you get Omnimon. It's not Omnimon. It's not. It's not Black Omnimon or whatever. It's Omnimon. Omnimon's Vort, yeah. <laughs> it's Schwartz, yeah. It's, it's Schwartz. So it's that's really funny. Like, why? Why would you? Why would you do that exactly? But whatever. I feel like Omnimon's Vort has... defeat, which is even better. Yeah. yeah anyway, anyway, just has a weird obsession with like anything evil is German. So we'll just use the German <laughs> German adjectives instead. I mean, he was the Digimon Kaiser, so yes, yeah, exactly. Kaiser. Like, there, yes. There's there's a there's a long running connection between uh, evil and Germany and just the world in general, not not just in anime. But, um, <laughs> I wonder where that came from. But it's especially pronounced in in anime from this time period. I find like there's so many um, like series where German Germany is like like German words are used for, uh, for like evil or dark effect. I'm just trying to think yeah. of um, when Persona Two came out. <laughs> Just I think this was, it was it was around the same time. I think it was around the same time these games came out. Just think, or this, this yeah, game came out rather. Sun, sunglasses Hitler in that in that game. Um, you mean the Führer? Yeah, yes, uh, yes, initial exactly. release date was 19, uh, June twenty fourth, nineteen ninety nine. Right, so like that, a year before. Yeah, and then uh, EP was two thousand. Yeah, so literally yeah, the, like the exact time. Sort of thing. Yes. Yes. Anyway, I find uh, yeah, Blackwall Greymont is a. Uh, he, his presence here is very much just to kick the Digidestin's ass. Like, he doesn't really do much else other than, like, you know, at the end of the episode, it's like, I'm not listening to you. I could I could beat you up. And, you oh, yeah, know, absolutely. I'm, he exists to put them over. He, he like, he, yes. this entire episode is just, is just, like, him cutting a promo and showing how cool he is to everyone. Okay, this leaves me with a question. Uh, because you both know this better than I do. Uh, which wrestler is uh, Blackboard Raymond? 
Um, that is uh, is a good. Uh, see, the problem with Black War Grey Mom is that normally with wrestlers, you you can identify them as either a heel or a face, like the, good, mm-hmm. the bad guy or the good guy. He's walking a line, which is hard to do in wrestling because ultimately you're going to need to either punch the good guy or punch the bad guy, uh, and it gets a bit messy when you start doing both. So, um, well, right now he's primarily he's I'm primarily punching sure. good guys. So I think I think we can qual- qualify him as a heel, yeah. relatively speaking. I, I, I guess yeah. he's like just he's breathe the people's champion, uh, rock. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess so. He's he's, he's like be a bit more charismatic, perhaps. But oh okay. yeah, sorry, he he doesn't have the charisma. But in terms of role, in terms of his role <laughs> in the yes. storylines, he is breathe people's champion, the rock, and that he is he was meant yes. to be a villain, but too many people think he's cool, so he doesn't do it, that many villain things. WWS Smackdown Two, know your role. Yes, that's like <laughs> yes. Or if you want to go the the flip side of that paradigm, he's he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. I mean, I don't want to think of like Austin, but I was also thinking of like I was thinking of Sting, but then I was like, no, because Sting was just always a good guy, but he's still he's got a similar vibe to Sting, I suppose. Um, I'm not sure. That's a great question, Sloan, but but uh, <laughs> that's maybe too good of a question. I don't. I don't know enough wrestlers where I was thinking, like, I don't know, like, Seth Rollins is a wrestler, right? Is he Seth Rollins? But I'm like, yeah. I don't know who this dude is. <laughs> no. No, no. Seth, he's, 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 he's not edgy enough to be Seth Rollins. As edgy okay, as he is. This is called, a thing called Black or Greymon. You can't tell me he's not edgy enough for literally anything. Okay, so Seth, yeah. Seth Rollins, li- literally, his, his finishing move was called the curb stomp. Like he's he's about as edgy as you can get. He's he's got a, a series of of chin kicks that are called the Avada Kedavra combination. Like that's he is, what a nerd. He is way too edgy. Um, yeah, that's, also, that's not a, that's not edgy. That's nerdy. Holy cow! What a although, what a nerd. Although Black War Gamon has done a substantial amount of damage to the digest in this episode, like he knocked most of them out and you know sent sent them all back to their base forms or whatever, like. He didn't permanently put any of them out of action and cause them to retire. So um, <laughs> it's I, true. I'd, I'd say he's yeah. he's got that over Seth Rollins, who was notorious for doing that to a number of people. Uh, oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. To, yeah, so, to the point where they, they just yeah. banned his finishing move for Not a while. Purpose. It's kind of terrifying. Anyway, yes, but he has he has got that presence of just like yes, he is there to he's, he's there for everyone to job to and and become a uh, a monster monster. Uh, monster heel, as it were. So, he, the the, yeah. the scene where he's formed is really freaking cool. Like the shot of Ira Kenimon yes. like leaping into the air and her hair becoming like wings that are spraying needles everywhere. It's that was really, really good. good that's weird. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a that's a striking image. Um, I was and like, like, the, like the 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 giant like shadow of darkness over that little like mountain is really cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that was a funny because I was like, wait, does he does he appear and he's like. 20 feet tall or whatever at first and i was like no that's not no he's he's just forming i guess <laughs> but it was i did find it funny that they have they have they have uh tk and kari flying over there and then just get swatted out of sky <laughs> uh, also strange that they just they, they, don't just, they don't just look behind them and go to everyone we need to get the hell out of here right now <laughs> as soon as they realize <laughs> who it is his anti-air game is too strong <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah exactly yes yes he dynamaxed and yeah he, <laughs> I, I, as much as like you know, as much, as critical as I am of his personality and, and writing, I do love his design. I think that this color scheme looks way better on this design than the original, and the original was already really good. 
Sure. Okay, see, I was yeah, going to argue with you there about how like the original is really good, but you you did say that the original was good, so okay, I'll yeah, I'll let you live for now. Like it's, I love the original. Like the original is one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite design from the original series, but this is like an improvement on that. Like it, it just looks so slick. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. It, it could yeah. like it's it looks so good that I'm pretty sure that like uh, Gundam stole from this color like this color scheme later because the 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 <laughs> uh, unicorn banshee, which is like the evil. Uh, rival suit from from Gundam Unicorn has the exact same color scheme and like general like accent color <laughs> like black with the like the yellow gold and and gray. Interesting. Interesting. Um. I uh, yeah. I I I like it. I think I think it suits the like helmet uh better as well for for uh War Greymon, uh to have it on mm-hmm. that kind of like color scheme as well so that's cool yeah i think they, they they released a um they released like a model kit of it pretty recently and it looks really good like it's such a cool yeah. kit ah, that's yeah that's, that's yeah i'm surprised they're still doing well no i guess it kind of makes sense for black wargreymon because it's like people know wargreymon it's like yeah they, they're, they're gonna go for the cooler edgier yeah black like they already made a great a wargreymon so they just need to change the the plastic color that they use for the molds <laughs> that too yes it's also <laughs> relatively yeah. cheap yes um yeah, that's so. So that that's cool. Yeah, like I say, I do find it strange that TK and Kari don't immediately like recognize they're not going to win this. Even to the point where like they're like, "Oh, we just need to get Pyrogemon in there. He'll be able to sort them out." I just find it. I find it strange in the logic of the show that TK and Kari won't just go. That's not going to work. <laughs> like we know. We, okay, we know Pyrogemon is an ultimate. Basically, this guy is a mega. We saw him kill Dark Masters. And this is the evil version. We need to go. <laughs> yeah, also, to you, think that, you think that they would go, hmm, Pyel Dramon. Dra- oh, no. Oh, oh God. Oh, right, yeah. There's that. <laughs> hey, Black War, Draymon, <laughs> are those Draymon destroyers? Yeah, guys, we gotta go. Yes. Do you want to? Do, do you want us to tell, tell you about the last time we saw uh, a War Greymon take on a Dramon? Actually, no, the last two times that happened. Because both yeah. of those are really messy. Like, very, very, very messy. So, yeah, we need to not do that. Yeah, we, we gotta go home right now immediately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, like, but like TK's yeah. on the phone like, Mom, can you pick me up? I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I also find it so strange that, um, again, maybe getting into the next, episode, next couple of episodes a little bit, but I find it so strange that they don't seem to tell Ty about any of this. Because I just feel like I, he should probably know, he, or may, maybe yeah, they like, at least like consult him. Like, can we get War Greyman up in here? Well, no, because I the crests and all that. Remember, it's like okay, but like I need your help. Yeah, <laughs> like, they just you, you they know, just arrive. They just arrive home, and, and Davis is like, Ty. Hypothetically, if we wanted to take down War Greyman, what would we do? <laughs> just look Ty's like, just like you would out. die. Yeah, Ty's like, do you have <laughs> access to Clown Hell? Uh, not currently. Then just give up. <laughs> Ty just sits yeah. down, like with like the backwards chair, like like the cool pastor. Like, oh, let me tell man. you about something called Piedmont's trick. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine if their if their solution to this problem was to go? We need to we need to break Piedmont out of out of the shadow realm. <laughs> that, would that would be so, so funny. Fucking cool. Um, yeah, no, that would, that's yeah, going to be in our rewrite. Is is they have to broker a deal <laughs> with Piedmon, be... who has been in the raft for fifteen years. <laughs> We're going to be in twenty twenty at this point. Um, after you know, after we spoke last last time, this means there's been some shit happening in that show, which is really interesting. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I won't I won't say it for spoilers, but there's some there's some interesting stuff happening in that show, which I didn't expect. So, um, good on them. Uh, but yes, if if they want to do our version of like yeah breaking 
Piedman out of, out of Clown Hell, then uh, I would be very interested to see. We're getting we're getting into our, our zero two uh, fix fan fiction now, but like I I would I that's one of my favorite like underused tropes is like the villain's still evil, but we needed to take down this bigger villain. Like it's like a in Dragon Ball Super when they got to get Frieza to to help with the turn of power, and it's like you know that as soon as we're sure. done here, I'm gonna go back to conquering the universe. It's like yeah, but that's they- not as bad as the universe being erased. <laughs> they get Jason Statham to help fight whoever the villain in Fast Eight is, um, which honestly, actually, I actually oh, yeah, that, but, <laughs> like <laughs> it happens nonetheless. Yeah, it's a, a cult- cultural appropriation, Charlie is Theron. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no, Charlie's no. We trusted you. Yeah, yeah. She spends the entire movie in, in locks. Like it's it's a it's a bad luck. It doesn't. Look oh good. no! Oh god, I forgot oh. about that. I didn't know that happened. I've not actually seen Fast Eight. I just know that that's roughly the plot. Um, of it, or part of the plot, anyway. Um, but yeah, I like I like that kind of trope. It's it's uh, it's uh, the breaking someone out of prison trope, not the white person with dreadlocks trope. Because <laughs> yeah, she she's she just does not look good with locks. Like it, even cultural appropriation beside like aside, like it just it's just not a good look on her. I feel like if you if we broke uh Piedmon out of prison, he would just like Piedmon's trick everyone back into keychains. And not even care about Black or Greymon, and just destroy everything again. And then you yeah. have two Megas just destroying the digital yep. world. Of course, that's what happens. Yeah, like they, he just immediately goes, "Well, no, screw you." And he's like, he sees TK Kari and goes, "Oh, you fuckers!" <laughs> just immediately, <laughs> immediately keychains them. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. He's just like, yeah, that won't work. He's like, "Hey, is the door open behind you guys?" Try. Yeah, okay. Clown trick, clown trick, clown trick. He would still need to fight Black War Grimm on so, I don't know. Um any anywho, um I yeah, this episode was yeah, not not a great deal because it really was about Black War Grey Man intro, but like I I found it funny that they at the end the beginning of this episode is very strange with Aru Kennymon in the in the bathtub. I I just found that to be such a such a weird it's so weird, but I actually, like, really dig it. It's just, like, it's such a vibe. Yeah, she's doing her side hustle. She's got to create that e-girl bathwater to sell. No. She's wearing her clothes. Like, I don't know. <laughs> she's, like, fully clothed in this bathtub. Okay, in, in the sub, was she, like, not fully clothed? Like, I was like, is this, like, a sub-dub change? Because, like, she's wearing a hat. That would be hard to no, it's... edit. I mean, you can wear a hat and not wear clothes. It's not a sub-dub change, but you know what is a sub-dub change? Uh, her bringing up her gamer girl bathwater? No, aside from that. Oh, uh, okay, then what? What? Her and Money Mom's relationship in the Japanese version is explicitly abusive. Oh, no. Oh. They they cut out several shots in, in like, scenes of, of her just, like, beating the crap out of him for no reason. And he still, like, fawns after her. I mean, he she also pushes him off, like knocks him off a cliff in this episode. So. Yeah, but like in in the Japanese version, like she like slams him against a wall and punches him in the face and then kicks him in the stomach multiple times, like for no reason, oh, it's entirely unprompted. That's, that's oh okay, that's I mean that that's relationship. Not, you shouldn't play that for laughs. Yeah, that that relationship is already like kind of <laughs> very sort of masochistic, and obviously Mobimon enjoys it because he's like he's talking well at least in the dub because he's talking about like oh I wish. Uh, like when she's pissed off it just makes me fall for her even more and it's just like uh, okay uh <laughs> you weirdo um and and um yeah he's very much into it um also keeps talking about wanting to get in the bath with her which i found bizarrely 
like bizarre that they like, kept it in the dub or had it in the dub whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm I'm not a fan of the relationship. It's too. It's not exactly Jesse and James anymore. It's like quickly gone in. It's quickly gone into territory I'm not comfortable with. So yeah, it's, um, the the, yeah. the dub changes it for the better, even even if it's not perfect. Yeah, I mean it's it's still pretty like bad, but and it's also still played like for laughs of like Aru Kenimon just murdering Mummymon, but at least it doesn't sound like at least they're cutting out that stuff, which would make it a lot more like oh, I don't want to see this. Yeah, there's another sub dub change that I was uh, a bit iffy on. It was the the scene where everyone like gags on their drink. Yeah. Oh, so, that was, this was that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in I'm not really sure what like the implication is in the in the dub like. It just seems to kind of happen. It's 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 like it's kind of weird. The like the line that prompts it is just uh, Davis being like, "I'm gonna have a talk with them about acting their age," and everyone just kind of like has a spit take. And I'm like, I don't really don't really understand what the joke behind that is. I think the joke was that like he said something that was like both too mature and like something that Davis would like not be able to do successfully. Yeah. So they all Dave, choked on their drinks, like laughing the, at it. Because because in the sub, it's. The most- Immature. That, that's kind of what they do in the sub, but they make it a lot more explicit because he says something really wise and insightful, and everyone's like, "Whoa, Daisuke said that." <laughs> I think it, I think it works. It's just some of the editing was a bit strange. I thought like it kind of goes on for a bit too long. Um, like they have that they have that extended yeah, shot as think... well of every single other person there having like a a like gag on their drink. <laughs> like, uh, and I just find it funny. It's funny. It's like I get it. If they added laughter or something in the dub, it would it would play a bit better. But like without that, it just seems kind of confusing. I guess they do laugh. They they they, they, are, they have that moment where they're trying to hold their breath, like they're not gonna laugh, and then they do laugh, and then yeah, and then they and then of course they see Arakunimon showing up, and they're just like evil evil faces activate, and yeah. I don't know. It was a weirdly edited moment. I, just, I, I guess it, it just doesn't play as well uh, without like the the line that where someone's ever says it's like i did not expect dice gave all people to, to have such wisdom <laughs> i mean yeah honestly uh speaking of davis though i i really love uh early on in the episode when uh davis and yoli are trying to like parent trap ken and cody into getting along uh yoli's just like he's davis like talking about like how like they need to become friends and yoli's like it's not like they don't it's not like it's not like they argue the way you and i do it's like it's basically her just confirming that she doesn't consider him a friend in the way like she says her line and i'm like oh i, I love their dynamic yeah the, the the japanese equivalent of that line was um he he's so he's trying to like um she mentions offhand that um it's weird that Ken and Cody are, are acting like this because they're usually the most polite. And then she kind of idly muses, "It's like, Ken, it's like I really like uh, being spoken to that way. It's very, it's very refreshing." And then Davis or Daisuke calls her uh, Miyaku-san, and then she's like, "Wait a second, why are you using that?" <laughs> like she catches on that he's trying to like speak the same way to get the same kind of respect. I just, I just love uh, Davis and Yoli's like chaos preteen energy and like. The way they go at each other, like I absolutely love their dynamic, even if we don't see it that much. They're they're a fun pairing, yeah. Not much more to say about this one, um, but I thought it was breezy enough. Um, shall we? Do you think we should move on now or to the next one? Or does anyone else have any any? Yeah, reports? honestly, I I don't really have any more, much else to say. Like there wasn't any like very significant dub changes other than the ones I've already mentioned. Um, one la- one last thing I have is that they call uh, 
Black War Greymon's Terror Destroyer, uh, 100%, a concentration of 100% negative energy. So does that mean it's just the vibe check attack? <laughs> sure. He just, just curses, he's venting. He just curses you with check. a thousand years of bad vibes. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's, just, he's just venting. Getting at a system, which, you know, fair, yeah, fair he's, like he's the toxic friend who slides into your DMs just to talk about how awful their life is and, and <laughs> like, tries to debate you for, for compliments and whatever. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, Goth Greymon, no! Gives you nothing back in return. It's just, <laughs> just negative vibes nonstop. Um, yeah, I, I agree. But yeah, I, that's, yeah, that's it. Uh, solid episode, but it's really just focusing as the setup for this next arc, and it, it does its job. It, it puts uh, Black War Greymon as the unstoppable threat, and yeah. Yeah, so we're going to see more of him in the next couple of episodes, but um, before we do that, um, can we take a quick break? Is that right, Brian? Absolutely. Minutes? Yeah, let's cool. take a let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to cover these last two episodes. And we are back. We took a quick break and we're going to steamroll right into these next two episodes with episode 31, Opposites Attract. Do you both mind if I cover this one? Absolutely. Go ahead. Do, do Bismarcky proud. Okay. I Sure. Yes. I didn't, I, so, I didn't get that. But I didn't get that either. Uh, so this episode starts with Basically, right about after the last episode ended with Black War Greymon, he's just going off and Arukenimon and Mamumon are chasing him to try and get him back under the control. And so, basically, it's going with, uh, he's going through like a forest, all the Digimon around are afraid, but he, he doesn't harm them, he's just going on. So in the real world, they're all talking about what they can do so they can confront Black War Greymon again, because they are at such a massive disadvantage. Demi Vimon suggests DNA Digivolution, and during this talk, Kari sort of expresses some sympathy towards Black War Greymon because of him being lonely, which confuses Yoli because she does she doesn't get it. She's like, "Why would you feel sorry for that thing? It's a it's a monster. It's a cold blooded killer." And Davis is like, "Oh well, because Kari's good and you suck." And you know that usual uh, like dichotomy that is brought up and has Yoli be a little introspective about it. Basically, TK ends up suggesting that they all go to the digital world and try and stop Blackboard Greymon and also to help destroy the control spires so that way Arukenimon can't use them again. And so they end up in the same forest that Blackboard Greymon was in, searching for clues. And at that point, Gautamon realizes this was the forest that I lost my tail ring back in episode one of this show when she was escaping a Unimon controlled by a dark ring. And so upon hearing this, Davis is like, hey, why don't we just look for the tail ring right now? So that way we can power up Gautamon. Kari and Gautamon are like, hey, that's great. And Yoli and Koda are like, oh, you're, you're trying to get in points with Kari. Good plan. Kari and Yoli split up and the boys are doing their thing. And as Kari and Yoli are looking around, they hear Ken screaming because Ken is seeing the forest transform into the dark ocean. 
So Kari hears Ken and runs after him along with Yoli and their Digimon. And they find him. Uh, Kari's trying to calm down. Ken's explaining about the dark ocean that he saw. And Kari is getting shocked while Yoli is trying to like, you know, like try and help set them at ease as they, as they go along the forest. But as they go in further in the forest to try and find the tail ring, uh, they warp into another dimension, basically. They start going into the, the dark ocean dimension, the world of darkness. So they end up wandering super far. They're lost. Yoli notices Davis and Vimon off, like, looking for them. And they all start running towards them. Vimon passes through Hawkmon. Davis passes through Yoli. And they're just like, oh, like, what is going on? So they continue to go deeper into the forest to try and find a way out. And Yoli tries to lift everyone's spirits. But Kari and Ken just aren't doing good for obvious reasons. So Yoli gets mad and storms off ahead. And as they do, they end up at like a, a ravine, a cliffside or a ravine. And Yoli sees something sparkling down deep into the cliff. And so she decides to climb down and get it because she thinks, oh, that must be the tail ring. But she ends up falling because of slipping while climbing down. Kari catches her. Ken starts freaking out because of the, the dark ocean. He's thinking deeper about it. So he is grasping his, his head, screaming. Kari and Yoli fall. And at the bottom, sort of like on a smaller cliff deeper down to the, the pit, Yoli sees that it's a broken dark ring. Hawkmon tries to digivolve to Aquilamon to get out, but he can't. And Yoli gets hysterical. Kari, in fashion of our last episode, Kari now slaps Yoli. And everyone's shocked. And Kari apologizes. And, you know, Kari and Yoli, they talk out a little bit and are like, okay, like, they sort of have that little brief heart to heart of like, oh, okay, thank you for that. So the four manage to get up, thanks to the help of Hawkmon and Gatomon, pulling down some vines. They get back to Ken. Yoli tells him about the Dark Ring, which, you know, doesn't really help. And as they get to the forest line, like the edge, Ken and Kari see the Dark Ocean. Yoli doesn't, but uh, she ends up being able to see it. And they're, they're sort of caught in that the Dark Ocean now, like completely. Yoli remembers about Izzy talking about how the power that has been protecting the digital world, as we heard about a few episodes ago, is weakening. And thinks something else is bad is going to happen. Arukenimon and Mummymon are driving by in their dune buggy looking for Black War Greymon. See, they have gotten into a phase warp. And Arukenimon uses some control spires to create Blossomon and send it after them. So Kari, once again, loses her composure. She's freaking out about the Dark Ocean and she, she feels that... She can't, she can't do it. So Blossomon appears, causing a hole in space to appear, which allows the Digimon to digivolve. And Blossomon's roar is like really terrifying because it's a giant Digimon that they, they are fighting to no avail. Kari is once again hallucinating about being dragged to the Dark Ocean. And Yoli sort of now full circle slaps Kari and says, hey, like I'm with you. We're not going to let the darkness beat you and we'll battle it together. So bright light shines down, and Aquilamon and Gatomon DNA digivolve into Sylphimon, who one-shots Blossomon. They manage to escape the Dark Ocean dimension and meet up with the group again, and Ken leaves home, and Kari thanks Yoli, and they celebrate the newfound revelation of Kari and Yoli being DNA Digivolution partners. Out of, the, out of the three episodes that we cover this week, I think this is probably the densest, just because of the implications that, sadly, I think this is probably some of the last that we'll see of this stuff in terms of the Dark Ocean. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make much sense. I, I didn't really follow it that well in this episode, so 
that was probably for the best. Um, I get the it's, feeling it's it's a you phase just... warp. It's a phase warp, Tom. You know it's... those phase warps <laughs> that Digimon is all about. I love that this was obvious. So obviously, like writers who you know weren't Kanaka, like coming in and like basically trying to like do something with this, and then just like getting to the end, and they were probably like, well. Let's never touch this again. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, this just doesn't feel like a, a, like a natural use of like the original story line. It just feels like, well, we have this and we've mentioned it too many times now, so we should probably do something else with it, right? And it's yeah. like, oh, I mean, we've got this, and, we've and, got this Kari Leole episode coming up. We could use it there, I guess. I mean, Done. to me, kind of, <laughs> I, I I like the concept of like others being dragged into this evil dimension. I think that's like a neat idea, and it probably would have followed along like with what the, what the original idea was but it is done very like nonsensically in the fact that they just end up in a, a in a phase warp as the dub likes like to call it and there's no real rhyme or reason as to why like yoli was dragged in but i i think the concept is if they were going for the the dark ocean arc I think it would have been a, a neat idea of like showing like how others who aren't just Carrier Ken are getting dragged into this. It, it, yeah, it's, it's it's it doesn't really ever explain why, for the most part, Ken and um, Ken and Kari got sucked into it either. So, you know, no real difference there when it comes to uh, um, Yole getting dragged in as well. But yeah, it's it's like just the setup for this episode is kind of baffling. Um, also, they never—they don't find her tail ring. So, like, like, what was the point of bringing that up again, or like pretending that it still matters? I mean, how did Gatomon not notice that Unimon just straight up squashed it in the first episode? Like, I get she's running, but like, yeah. I couldn't tell you if hear that's... your tail ring getting crunched. By the yeah, course. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't tell because they—they kind of cut away from like showing you actually get crushed in this episode. Um, so I couldn't remember if that's what happens originally. Because if it was, I feel like that would be, it would be very strange if if it keeps coming up. But like, as it is, it just looked like oh, he just sort of stood in it. But like, he didn't, you know, it bounced off somewhere, and or she had to, she had no, to. No, it, it was, it was explicitly crushed in the first episode. No, what the hell then? <laughs> That's a strange yeah. detail. Um, anyway, not important. It's it's just a, yeah, it's a strange thing to bring up again after this time. Like Patamon and. The, the the Patamon and Salamon lines have both taken like massive nerfs, like for the sake of. I don't even know if it's for the sake of anything in particular. I guess just to put them on the level of it, the others. Yeah, know. it's purely just the sake to put the the new kids over. Yeah, exactly. You so know, I was I was thinking last night, Tom. I know you've mentioned a lot about your frustration with no Angemon, and I think I might have stumbled upon at least my theory as to why that might be the case. Well, uh, go ahead. My theory is that obviously TK and Kari are paired together, not just as like the the two the two main characters from Adventure, but like they were like sort of the pair in Adventure of like being the youngest, being Light and Hope. So and even their armor forms are paired up. So I think that's why they primarily kept it as them using Nefertimon and Pegasusmon. Because if it was if she could still use uh, Anjuomon, I think we would be seeing Anjuomon and Angemon at every. In every episode, basically, that we could, but I think it's because of the I think it's because of the pairing of Pegasusmon and Nefertimon, especially that that's the reason that we're only seeing Pegasusmon and not Angemon. I just thought felt it was just like in in terms of like outside of universe reasons, like I just figured it was because of 
you know, wanting to sell the new characters, essentially. Which I yeah, mean, that's that's also fair. I might be overthinking it, and I probably am. But I just mean in the show, in the logic of the show, I don't think it ever made much sense not to use Angelwan as much as possible. Um, oh, definitely. But... I'm just saying. I think, like, in terms of like the reasoning that it was done was to to because they, they're they're a pair basically, so they they wanted to keep that going. So I guess, I, I yeah, I guess uh, I don't know. I, I don't really. They came up with a reason for like why Andrew Womon is only has limited appearances at least at this point. Um, and they they probably should have extended it to. They probably should have just come up with some sort of some sort of convoluted reason that only affected TK and Kari for whatever reason. Like they should have just done that rather than, you know, because they've always stood out as like uniquely weird digi, like you know, as an interesting pair. Like you know, with yeah, Patamon exactly. being like the Deus Ex Machina, the first series, and and Angel Woman, you know, she's the eighth child and all the prophecy stuff, and them being able to like, yeah, they were able to bring out the mega forms of Agamon and Gabimon. In their series one, they were inex- inexplicably able to bring the golden Digi-X to uh, to uh, Deskin and Wallace. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. Uh, that made no sense even to be found. I don't know why I'm bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, yeah, they're, they're, presence, they're, so... they're constantly like touted as holy Digimon. Like, they are a pair. Like, it yes. is made very like explicit, like about like so say something like the way they, they are only... like connected. Yeah, so just say something like they can only they can only appear in the face of like great evil or whatever, um, and this I I know they do start appearing again soon, and I think it's got to do something with these destiny stones we're going to get into in the next few episodes. But like they, yeah, I I, I it could easily say something like oh it was never enough. I don't know. They can they can they can pull something out of their ass. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just, the digital world is pull... like infinite. You could literally make any reason. You could be like, oh, the, the power of the stones, the power of yeah. the magic MacGuffin stones. Just make it consistent. Like, that's all I ask is to have it be consistent to the point where I'm not thinking, well, why can this person do this? But the other person just doesn't. But the other person is able to do it and they just choose not to, apparently. It just makes no sense. Like, I don't even mind Pegasus Mon. Like, for the most part, I think he's pretty cool. Um, but. Yeah, oh, d- yeah. I. Just find it baffling that he's also obviously an inferior choice to to uh to Angemon, so yeah. uh, HBE. HBE. <laughs> he loves his horse. He loves his horses. Um anyway, enough about that. I, I, I am I am like um Yeah, I I don't I don't know. But yeah, get get him on yes, get him on took a big nerf. It's cool that she gets like a it's cool that she the DNA Digivolution's like take into account I guess there's no way of getting around it like they would have had to have done one with Gatamon but it's kind of like the first time in a long time where I feel like they've recognized that she's a champion <laughs> and actually like treated her like one so it's kind of cool to see her get this new form which is like an extension of her like it's an extension of Gatamon like because Angie Wormon is just an angel lady like there's nothing really much to do with Gatamon like Gatamon's like cat design like um this Selfie Mon's clearly different. Like Selfie Mon has much more like feline attributes. If we're gonna talk about Selfie Mon, can I say something I've been waiting to say for weeks? Go for it. Go ahead. So the more I like end up looking at her, I actually kinda dig Selfie Mon. It's like a ridiculous design, but it feels very Digimon in that way. But Selfie Mon is just a gremlin. Selfie Mon is if you uh, fed Andrew Wilmot after midnight, that's what she would turn into. She's just a gremlin. She's just a <laughs> freaky gremlin. And I love it. Yeah. I think 
their design is, is alright. It's just like it's their voice that bugs me a lot. Like I think that the the clash between Akilawan's like ridiculous gravelly voice and, and Gatomon's like, you know, uh Eartha Kit impression. It it just it hurts my ears. Like the one part where <laughs> the two components talk individually, I was like, Can we I please have that. this like the rest of the episode? I actually hated that because it felt so jarring to me where they're like where they're like talking in one voice and talking in the other and you see like the the split of like which one it was. I actually really that's, dislike that person. That's how the entire Japanese one goes. That's how like every DNA evolution is treated and they they realize that's how it is like, oh, that's how it is? Okay, we'll do it for one scene then never again. Well, I I just don't like it. It's just it, I, I I think it's fine because like it's, it's, it's showing jarring that for these me. forms these forms can talk talk internally, and I do think for both both the characters of Yole and Kari and and to an ex, to an extent the like characters and attributes of like um, Aquilamon and Gatamon are fairly distinct from one another. Whereas like Wormmon and Vimon, although they have different personalities, they're still kind of like just big goofuses, goofuses both of them. Um, they they are fairly similar, and and having them just speak consistently with one single voice, yeah, that kind of tracks. Yeah, they are they are kind of similar in that respect. It kind of makes it, I, I kind of like that they make it a bit more apparent that these are these are essentially like a team in in this sense. I don't I don't think it's necessarily that intentional, but it does have that that effect of sorts. And uh, I, I I was kind of I kind of like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just but yes, their voices together, their voices together don't don't work. Yeah, hear, <laughs> like, hearing different. them talk. In unison, just like it, it grates on my ears. Yeah, like I feel like, and this is just for me, like either solution for Sophie in particular, I wouldn't have liked it because you either have like the switching off of voices, which for me would be kind of jarring, or you have them like in tandem, which just doesn't work really. Yeah, it's a tricky, it's a tricky one to do. Like this, this seems like it was just a difficult character to to make at all. Like the design is so. I think it works kind of for the most part, but it's the most distinctly like this is essentially like we sort of cut these characters down the middle and said, okay, half of it needs to be cat-like, half of it needs to be bird-like, um, and then for some reason there's also a little bit human in there as well. <laughs> as well. So they they yeah more than Pyujumon, which feels like Pyujumon feels like v, uh, X Vmon wearing like a Stingmon skin sort of sorts, and Omnimon obviously you know is kind of. For the most part, only only takes like the slightest parts with the with the arm cannons and the sword. But like the um yeah, this is where I feel like they're starting to get a bit more like not obvious, being, but like if you think about it abstractly, more... then it's obvious. Yeah. yeah, it's being more abstract. Like Pale Drum is literally like Exumon wearing Stingmon's armor. And this is like, what if we took like the abstract concept of of God, like bird and cat and and smush them together. <laughs> what will we get? Yes, which is both. Yeah, in both, in both I, ways, I just like, really dig Sophie Mun's design. The more I end up looking at it, like I just think it's such like a weird design that like for me, like it just goes from so weird to just over into well, actually, it kind of works. You know what's a good way to like endear me to like any sort of character design? Have them do a gigantic like Shin Hadouken as soon as it's <laughs> like the one of their first like big move. <laughs> Uh, do you know what that move's called in Japanese? It's the best yes, name ever. It's the best name. Go go for it. It's called Top Gun. <laughs> it's such a good name. <laughs> Why? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like, I guess there's a bird, but like... Because, so because Sophie, Just... maybe Sophie Mon is part goose? Queen of Mon's like a hawk or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like every, a buzzard. Like, it... Every few months I forget about that, and then when I relearn about it, it makes me laugh hysterically. Just like, 
there's there's a part like in in the Japanese version when it fires it off and it just goes topo gun and I'm like oh my god that really is the translation isn't it? That's so good. I love that. That's silly. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> Obviously, it's it's just a hadoken. Like it's literally like exact same pose as a hadoken, but it's called Top yep. Gun. How can you not love it? Shin hadoken. And then it's <laughs> yeah. like you do like the 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 like, it's like the uh like the the dungeon from uh Third Strike it does like the big stuff like does massive stun damage. Yeah, it like it's kind of honestly I, I find it a little bit anticlimactic how like it just one shots Blossom on here. Yeah, but like well, at so, the same also, time, I the episode was already jam packed full of stuff, so I can't I can't complain too much to be honest. Yeah, and Blossom the, one is also a big flower. Like I feel like they should be able to take care of it with minimal force. But yeah, sure. Yeah, I I, I do kind of agree. It kind of like a DNA digivolves, does its thing. And, and then, like, immediately goes back to the baby forms, which uh, it was nice to see Salomon again. I will say. That I love, was, I love Salomon. Cute. I love Salomon, Salomon so much. And we got to see Peru. I think this was the first time we saw Perurumon, who was, like, the cutest little blob. It is. Yeah, That's he, another Steve Bloom voice for us. He's got range. It literally introduces itself, yeah. Yeah, as, as, uh, as Perurumon? Is that what it's called? Perurumon. Yeah. It's like Garurumon, but Perurumon. Yeah, interesting. It's a little, it's <laughs> okay. a little like a slimy bird. Yeah, it's a little slimy bird. It's voiced by Steve Bloom because dude's, dude's got some crazy range. It's really good. Yes, no, I, I love that yeah. Steve Bloom voices like these adorable babies too. Yes, yes, yeah, he's he's versatile for sure. It's a warm up for the uh, the Gilmon voice. He has to maintain throughout fifty episodes of. of uh, oh, that's cameras. right. Yeah, and, and yeah, he has he has a he has a lot of roles in that show, as we'll as we'll find out. But um, yeah, he. Sure. Yes, does a does a fun job there. And yeah, I always like seeing Salomon. I wish I wish Salomon was more of the focus rather than Gatamon, but I get it. You know, I get it. Um, yeah, I yeah, the dark ocean stuff. Um, so what exactly was it trying to do here? Was it like it was trying to basically? It's basically messing with Kari's head, obviously. Which and is like and Ken. Ken was also like losing it quite a bit, and. Like him, him like screaming was the whole thing of why uh, Kari and Yoli fell into that pit because he and like even Warmon's like, oh no, this is happening again. So yeah, I just I'm just like it's hard to keep up with like because obviously obviously in some sort of like you know pocket dimension or whatever that part's comprehensible enough, but like I just. With Kari just constantly dropping to her knees and just being like, "It's gonna get me!" Ah! It just like, "What's gonna get you? What what will actually happen if the dark ocean like swallows you up?" Per se, like I didn't the, so find that it's, it's hard to it's hard it's, to keep up with the stakes of this when it's hard to comprehend. If you know, so it's darker and more explicit in the Japanese version where. You occasionally, during the scenes where she's clutching her head, you hear the the not divermon from the Dark Ocean episode whispering to her. Ooh. And she says that she's being called to the ocean again. And it's like, if you'll recall what they wanted her for, I understand why she's freaking out now. Oh, God, yes, I'm remembering, yes. Okay. Oh, yep, no. Yep, yep, yep. I, we're, yes, so we're leaving that out of our rewrite, right? To their god or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, oh, and. Uh, yeah, no, so we can do that other, other stuff, other stuff. Yes, I remember the other stuff. <laughs> so. Would, would um, you like to become. Yeah. A, would you like to turn to data for our god? There we go. There's the rewrite. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But even then, it's like. Yeah, I could have. 
could have maybe used a bit more context, which that might have provided uh, for better or for worse. Yeah, so, yeah, um, it's 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 yeah. They, I think they made the right decision in not including that entire plotline, but it does make it look like she's being a bit melodramatic at times. Yeah, it, it, there's not much substance, and I just felt like it was it was a bit weirdly edited as well. This episode have obviously other than the ones you've already mentioned in terms of like the the detail from the previous Dark Ocean episode. What's the What's the like the damage here in terms of like subbed up uh, edits, like uh, dub, dub, uh, edits that Saban did? There, there is quite a few. Like there, honestly, there, there are so many like dialogue differences between these versions that I, I stopped taking exact notes and I just had like the broad <laughs> strokes because I didn't want to have to keep pausing every five Probably seconds. for the best. Yeah, yeah that's um, for the best. Were there any parts like in particular that you wanted to know about? Because I can, I can quickly like reference. No, so no, it wasn't like a, it was more of like a consistent thing just across the episode where there was a lot of like cuts and stuff, which I just felt like I feel like this may have been an edit. I'm not sure though. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, just kind of a vague question, I suppose. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, like probably about explanations or so on, or. The, the, I tell you what one moment was like Yole kind of getting ticked off at them because she thought they she was being ignored. I didn't quite understand what was going on there. Like I I wasn't sure if it was meant to be like they couldn't hear her or or, so in, or what. in the sub Kari's character is very aloof. Like the episode right. even opens with like the scene in the dub where Davis and uh, Vimon are telling knock knock jokes, and the sub is instead Yole's internal monologue talking about how. She feels like she can read everyone pretty well, but she can never tell what Kari, what Kari's thinking. And yes, we get that. We get that in the yeah, we get that in the dub as well. Yeah. Uh, but like, it's a lot more like internal monologue in in the sub of like her. A couple times in the in the episode, she like, you know, feels like she's frustrated because she can't communicate with with Kari because Kari's being too, yeah. like, quiet and and reserved. Um, and at one point, like Kari Everett says, and um, she she calls. Uh, Yo Lee or Miyako, a handful. <laughs> oh, right. And uh, Miyako's like, so you finally, like, you, this that's what you think of me of all this time, you're finally telling me? And she's like, well, actually, I kind of envy that because I can't be honest and say that I'm scared or scream like you can. <laughs> okay. I honestly, like, that's... really dug that, like, that conversation between them. Like, it really goes back to showing uh, Kari's character that we saw in Adventure of how, like, she would just keep, like, how Ty would talk about how, like, she she never thinks of herself, only everyone else, and how that weighs on her. And, like, how that uh, in turn weighed on him. And I really like that we get to see this again, of Kari being like, I wish I could say what I'm feeling like you do. I keep everything inside so so no one gets hurt but me. And it's like, dang, like, that's that's such a lot. And it's those details about the characters that I really love. And it's like, this is a a painful thing to, like, learn about from this character is that they just refuse to like uh come to terms with their harm because that's not good teamwork basically yeah i i found that their relationship like yole and and kari's relationship here was kind of it's it it felt brand new like uh for the most part like they've not really been a a pair before as it were like I, i i found this was a bit little bit out of nowhere because they decided yeah, they, I... they were going to go down this road for the DNA digivolutions, but I did find that it worked nonetheless because it was building on the fact that it, it was kind of built around that fact. Like they wrote something knowing full well that these characters haven't really interacted that much 
as a as a pair, other than just making jokes about Davis and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I I thought I thought that it worked in that in that respect. Yeah, I do absolutely feel like um, they kind of like metaphorically blew their load early with um, having you know Davis and Ken pair up as 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 uh, DNA partners because now like the rest of the characters don't really have like established relationships except with like you know the person they already knew going into the series like Yoli doesn't have a relationship with Kari Tika doesn't have a relationship with Cody like Kari and Tika have a uh, like a you know a relationship and Cody and Yoli have a relationship but only because you know they they met and bonded off screen like before the series started yeah i i, I get the feeling that the pairings were maybe meant to address that to be to accept like they thought how should we do these terms like other digi- DNA digivolutions oh well we haven't really had TK and Cody do much anything together. Maybe this is an excuse to do that, which would be good. I, w- I would I kind of applaud that thinking because it puts the characters first rather than the digi- rather than you know rather than the cool new Digimon. Um, but yeah, in this case, in this case, I couldn't help but notice the fact that yeah, these characters definitely really haven't done that much together uh, of substance. Um, even even while I was thinking, you know, it was fairly effective. The only thing that I did keep thinking was that this is obviously, this is obviously the whole Dark Ocean stuff is obviously Ken and Kari's shared trauma that that they're both learning now that they actually share for the first time. And Ken sort of feels like a background character by the end of it, which is really weird. Like I get the feeling that this should have probably just been Ken and Kari, and maybe even them doing. Either don't do DNA digivolution in this episode, or do it with Ken and Kari. Like, I don't know. That I don't know what that would have looked like, but it would have been interesting and would have made. Yeah. No, I, I I understand that because like by the end of it, it really is kind of just uh, focus on Kari like being afraid of being taken by the Dark Ocean, and Ken has sort of like gathered himself, and it's just sort of dropped at that point, and it's just left on the the Kari and Yoli sort of focus and yeah like ken was like arguably going through it potentially like worse than kari with like him gripping his head and screaming in pain multiple times sure yeah it's it's yeah it's it's, it's just strange that they share that trauma and nothing really really comes of it i guess no, no not nothing comes of it but like nothing i y- yeah, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, because they do, they do recognize that they have they, they shared. Yeah, like you said, they shared trauma. But I don't know, nothing, nothing comes of it. I think it's another victim of like the Dark Ocean story not really concluding, because here we don't see it defeated or anything like that. The actual, the only actual threat comes from at the, at the end of the day, the only like tangible threat comes from the goon of the week that Arukani yeah. Mon sends after them. So, um, so to to borrow a. Um... To borrow another wrestling metaphor, <laughs> this entire season has felt like Chi- like uh, Chiaki Kanaka just waiting on the like right outside right of the ring with his arm outstretched, like take me in, come on, take me in, and they just never do. <laughs> like, I'm looking now they... at oh sorry, Philip, come come. Yeah, like they they occasionally use his ideas. It's like oh you know you you gave us this great Dark Ocean Endgame idea, but instead of like actually taking advantage of it, we're just gonna keep hinting at it and only let you come in after it's too late to do anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I googled um, Stingmon Gatamon DNA Digivolution to see what that w- might look like. There's a number of these that they've sort of theorised uh, for the various other members who don't DNA Digivolve with each other. 
uh, that seems to have all come from withthewill.net. And they, um, the Gatamon and Steamon ones look kind of cool. There's a wolf with a big knife. He's got some big, like, John Talbain vibes for anyone who's played Darkstalkers. Ooh. Um, yeah, he's kind of got, like, a Jotaro thing going on as well with, like, the, he's got, like, a, a Bancho hat and stuff like that. Um, there's, like, a pixie-looking thing. There's, like, a weird dude with, like, a shield and a trident. I don't know. These these all seem cool. I think the wolf would have been cool. <laughs> but, but yeah. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe they could have gone down the route of, like, what, okay, what if Ken just... DNA Digivolution. <laughs> what if all the DNA Digivolutions were with Stingmon? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, have have him cool get introduced to the group with this stuff and then maybe do something down the road where, like, I don't know, maybe do something down the road with TK and Kari. You know, <laughs> Gatamon and Anjumon have a DNA Digivolution. I'm never going to stop beating that, beating that drum. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> it turned into Anjumon again. Wild. <laughs> weird. Weird that. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Like Angemon and Angewomon, it would have it would have to be that even if the power even if the like stages don't match up, that's it would have to be that. Um, I'm gonna, Tom, I'm gonna if you don't me. if you don't mind, can I double back on something we were talking about earlier? Go ahead. About the the whole uh this sort of relationship between Kari and Yoli being sort of brought out of nowhere. I actually think that works really well for for their DNA evolution. Because, like, throughout a lot of the series so far, we've seen, like, Yoli being super envious of Kari because everyone likes Kari. Kari comes off as, like, very, like, perfect and, like, do no wrong. Everyone adores her. Everyone focuses on her, that type of thing. And then we have this moment of Yoli being like, God, like, I envy you. Like, you are you are so perfect. I, I love girls, Kari. And then uh, Kari coming back with like, no, like I envy you actually because you have that. all these, you have all these qualities that I don't have, and I am jealous of those. And I think that, I think that's like such, such a good way to sort of uh, hone in on a dynamic and a relationship super quickly again that is very effective and true to their characters. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's it's. Um... Yeah, it's it's um, I'm trying to forget the phrase. It, it's, it's it's sisterhood, effective. Yeah, and also I just, I just <laughs> find it funny though when they were talking about like, oh, you're so beautiful, Kari. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you're like I don't know. I feel like I feel like Yoli is back on her chaotic bisexual vibes. Yeah, Yoli, uh, Yoli, Yoli should have had a girlfriend in, in uh, Last Evolution, Kazuna. Like I she really like should have. They missed the trick there. <laughs> not, not just confirm that. That'll right. be an rewrite. Yeah, yeah that's obviously rewrite. Obviously, it's, we know it's, what 20, in the epilogue, it's 2020, or... and not a single one of these characters is canonically LGBT. I can't believe this. I do honestly. Any other one, any others, I would kind of be like, you know, okay. If any of the others got confirmed either way, like we joke, we've joked a lot about like you know Matt and Ty's relationship, for example. <laughs> what, do you, um, what do you but, mean joked? Um. Okay. Well, <laughs> we just we're just speaking the truth about serious. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But um, that's but yeah, like that's Yole, Yole's whole characterization, at least in the dub, is absolutely of like <laughs> you're like a, a typical lesbian bat slash bisexual. <laughs> so I don't get it personally, but you know, I, I do I do get why it's not happened, and it's for the usual shitty reasons. But like, <laughs> I don't know. That's just how she should have been like an LK, like yeah, like me and me and Ken are taking a break. I'm just dating this one like Spanish girl, and we're about to share some paella. But here's uh, a yeah, like pa- Ken... paella. But here's uh, a yeah. here's that data paella. you need, Izzy. And then boom, got it. 
Ken and Ken and her hook up later, I guess. But like, yeah, being... they they get back together later or something. That's fine. Yeah, you know, these things they can take time sometimes. <laughs> you know, he has he has to break up with Davis first, anyway. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were too uh, good together. Yeah, That's the I issue. Do, I, they were too I, good together. I'm kind of worried about TK and Cody now because, like, so far both of the like DNA evolution partners have had like aggressively like um, romantic overtones to them. <laughs> so um, I'm kind of hoping TK and Cody doesn't go down the same path because I just feel that will be really, really creepy. Um, just because of Cody, of course. But like, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I think they'll just like be bros, like be the ultimate, ultimate bros. Or something whenever they whenever they finally do it. Um sorry, finally do DNA distribution. So yeah, I um <laughs> plot plot wise, I thought this was a mess. Uh, character wise, I I did think this was mostly effective, uh, even though you could see even though you could see sort of like the cracks or like the um the sort of uh I can't think of the phrase. Like like they've obviously hurriedly done this. Um and uh you, you can see it. You can see they've like horribly done this, and and that did show through. But it was still nonetheless an effective, uh, an effective moment for the for the two of them. Um, yeah. But uh, um, yes. I, also, I can I just say just to just to change gears a little bit. I really like the beginning here with like Davis and Vmon's interactions. <laughs> I just, it was so I just, good. Like, I was I just, laughing a lot at that. Yeah, I just crack up so much at the Vimon like elbow elbow knock against his uh, <laughs> his leg, and then the face he makes when he's like talking out the side of his mouth. <laughs> he's just like, "Don't think you should have said that." And it's like, oh yeah, it's like genuinely quite quite a good like. Um, it's like <laughs> Davis Davis. Uh, I guess Davis can't always strike out. Yeah, I can. Don't think you should have said that, Davis. <laughs> it's just really. And Davis like, yes, yeah. it is. It's it was. Good, I love it. It was so. It felt so good and really like genuinely funny. Yeah. It yeah, it's yeah. it's good. It's like I like the rapport a lot. Like David Dub yes. Davis definitely strikes me as the type who'd be like, I've never lost my virginity because I never lose. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yep, that's exactly. That's exactly uh, that's it. oh my oh, oh that's good. <laughs> That's perfect, man. <laughs> I, I also liked how they just like reused that shot and then uh, like just flipped it like horizontally, like uh, like thirty seconds later when <laughs> they're walking away or whatever. Um, what this show? We're using animation? You're joking? <laughs> that was a the that show was would like, never uh, reuse animations. A, th- that was a really obvious example, just because for once it wasn't just like an attack animation. <laughs> it was like just a be- bit of like dialogue. So, um, just with some lip flaps changed. So, I yeah, I uh, I, I did enjoy that. Nonetheless, it was it was quite good. Uh, speaking of other good lines, can I just say Yoli like losing it in the pitch? Like, no, we won't. My life is over. I'll never get married, have children, make millions on the stock market. I hate this, and I'm like, <laughs> I love Yoli yes. so much. She is like an en- she's like Her the MVP for me great. of this series. Yes, uh, yeah. Her her breakdown was was. Very funny, yeah. Like in that sense, like it was girl just, it was just rambling, rambling nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 well done on that. <laughs> well done on that one. Uh, Yole's voice actor, who I don't know the name of. Um, I didn't. Speaking of voice acting, um, Quagamon talks in this episode, which is, I think, the first. That yeah. was weird. I forgot I about like that. that. Yeah, that's that's the first time in the in the dub that he's ever talked. He doesn't talk in the sub, of course. I'm but. just like, <laughs> yeah, what, what, yeah. What's that voice? 
wait, that's Quagamon? Like, why is he talking? He's this like, this oh, is not right. Please don't kill me. Oh. I'm assuming he doesn't please talk whenever he's like. <laughs> I'm assuming he doesn't talk in the sub. Is oh, that, no, he's, right? he's 100% silent in the sub. Thank God. Right, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I guess it does seem a bit strange sometimes when you get into the, like, the whole divide between like the Digimon that are like sentient and the ones that just seem to be mindless animals. But, like, Koagamon has always been like that. Even in the even in the dub, he's never said a word. So, like, yeah, he's been, he's been feral. He's yeah. just done the stock uh, Godzilla yell. That's it. So, yeah, I, why love, I love that, that stock sound. Like, I get that it's supposed to be like, oh, he, even Quagamon is cowering in fear at, at Black War Greymon, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like it'd be more in character for him to just, like, launch himself screaming at Black War Greymon and just get <laughs> smoked instantly because he's. Yeah, like I say, he's a, he's just a, he's just a mindless insect. Yeah, so. they should just do the the Jiren thing where Black Morgan just like glares at them and he explodes into bloody chunks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a, there's a bit more of that. No, there's a bit of that next episode, but yes, we'll, uh, um, yeah. I, I want to believe I have... like so badly that the Quagamon from the first episode, the Quagamon from the the Picklemon episode, the Quagamon that appeared in the real world, and now this Quagamon are all the same. <laughs> like that's my that's my and, personal headcanon is yeah, that it's all it's all been the yeah. same Kuagamon. So the, the one throw the in, one Kuagamon theory. Throw in the one that uh, they fight in Try as well in 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 the first part of Try and yes I'm fully on board with this theory. Wait, they fight a Kuagamon in just... Try. Spoilers, Tom. Gosh, <laughs> it's like the first episode. It's like the, it's like the first thing that happens, <laughs> like more or less. It's a joke because why would it be a spoiler for them to fight a Kuagamon? <laughs> <laughs> also, why would it be a spoiler to spoil anything about Try? Because Try spoils itself. So there's also there's it. a there's a, a joke that I I, I don't like. They kind of they kind of ruin it in the in the dub where um, when the group reconvenes at the end, um, and Davis notes is like, oh, I guess Yole was Kari's uh, Joker's partner. That must really be a downer for you, TK. And in the sub, he just very hesitantly says, "Like, oh, so I guess Miyako was Hikari's partner," and then just like glant, like him and TK just share a look with each other. Oh man, that's that's way funnier. It's it's really funny, yeah. Like it, that would have been it, way it, it's better. It's time. like, oh no. And then once again, you see Cody like slide whistling in, like looking up at TK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. It's little jokes like that. I I think they they assumed kids wouldn't wouldn't understand like the joke in that moment, but like in the process they ruined it by making it too obvious. I'm not yeah. sure how I feel about Cody as a character. Like I, I feel like it kind of betrays his character, not betrays his character, but like it kind of goes against his character a little bit that he like gets in on jokes, making fun of Davis's like complete like lack of romantic ability or whatever. Like him him and him and Yole both like sort of you know making that making that. That silly face at the beginning and like prodding him about like, hey, looks like you don't always strike out or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, I don't think he does know what sex is. Yeah, that's the thing. We covered that last last time. Look, that's fine. But <laughs> Cody, Cody is, is is Cody is just a baby. Uh, also, he's just like really like <laughs> like nonchalant and not really. He's not. He's not. He's not a, a, com- a comedy type. So I just find it funny that. Whenever he gets involved in those sorts of jokes or whatever, that's a, that's such a minor thing. Uh, maybe that that's just how I'd write him, but um, it it just came into my head. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, it's he's he's a strangely written character, and in the sub it's a bit more consistent since he's very polite and demure. Like he only talks down to adults that like basically disrespect him or that like 
act like douchebags, whereas in the sub, like, he is, or in the dub, he just mouths off to anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think Vic probably could have. But that's in the sub as well, with Cody making fun of Davis, so, which I guess is still in character, but, like, I don't know if I agree. Anyway, yeah, that's all I've got to say about that. that that's sort of probably all I've got to say about this episode in particular, I think, which... I don't know if anyone else has anything that comes to mind. No, I just really like this episode for a, for a Yoli episode, and I'm still glad we're getting a little bit more out of her characterization and stuff. Like, it just, I really dig it, and uh, gosh, it makes me think of the plotline that never was. But uh, we've we've covered that time and time again. So yeah, it's you know what, it's worth it for Top Gun. This whole episode, whatever happens in it, all for Top Gun. <laughs> Yes, hopefully we'll get more Top Gun in the future. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll will. We will. I have a feeling we'll see Sylphimon again pretty soon. Speaking of seeing Sylphimon again pretty soon, Tom, do you want to close us out with our last episode for this week? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. Yes. Okay. Episode thirty-two. Uh, episode thirty-two is called "If Only I Had a Heart," and this is kind of following up from episode thirty. Uh, after the break to do some dark ocean shenanigans, we're kind of back on track with the main Digi-Destined crew. So this is where the uh, Destiny Stones are introduced for the first time. The latest the latest uh, MacGuffin that the Digimon, uh, Digimon series has. So this is what Arakunimon and uh, Mumumon are looking for now. And Tentamon kind of overhears them talking about these Destiny Stones and wonders what the heck that's all about. So he goes to contact, you know, he contacts the, uh, the uh, Digi-Destined team and they go off to find out what the heck's going on with those. They find Nightmon, who is... Uh, Nightmon is the latest creation of Arakunimon. She's made some control spies into this new new Digimon and set it off to go destroy one of this, this, uh, this Destiny Stone. While this is all going on, we have Black War Greymon, who is kind of basically rampaging across the digital world trying to find an enemy trying to find a challenger that can live up to his it live up to his power and he finds himself also confronting Arukanimon and Mummimon they set a bunch of Mammon on him or Mammothmon we'll get to that and they basically he wipes them out with like zero issue but he spends a lot of time also pontificating on like his own like mortality and morality and that sort of thing before this happens, uh, after this happens, and while Arukenimon and that are setting off to go destroy this Destiny Stone, Blackwall Greymon runs into Agamon, ties Agamon. So they, he has a bit of a chat with Agamon, basically like pondering whether or not to just he should just destroy Agamon or not. And Agamon's like talking to him about the heart and love and friends and all these, all these, all these sorts of issues, and getting kind of annoyed that Blackwall Greymon doesn't seem to understand them at all. So we've got a lot of that going on. And meanwhile, the Digidestin kids are, after they're sort of tracking what's going on, they've, after receiving word from Tentamon, they go and basically find Nightmon going to town on this Destiny Stone thing. Destiny Stone, which they find in the middle of what looks like a runway in the digital world. They're like an airport runway. It's very strange. The Destiny Stone is like this big rock, basically, and it's got some like writing around it that kind of looks like the like writing on like Angemon's ribbons or whatever you want to call them so he's trying to destroy this thing the digi destined get into a fight with nightmon to try and stop him nightmon's pretty powerful but they you know they put up a decent fight 
after they crack, Nightmare manages to break down like the the like barrier full of letters on the Destiny Stone, and as this happens, Black War Greymon is basically he basically feels what's happened and he realizes what's going on and he goes to you know basically he just goes to the destiny stone it's unclear what he what his intention is here so we just show up he manages to clear off nightmon and he manages to destroy the destiny stone all by himself with zero force and he yeah that's kind of where the episode ends now and and they're uncertain you know what happens next if the if the Destiny Stones are destroyed, it seems like it will bring doom to the digital world, which obviously they don't want. So this is kind of like the new, the new conflict now. You know, trap down the Destiny Stones and stop Black War Greymon from destroying them. So, and that's more or less this episode. Yeah, yeah so this it's... is another one that feels like it feels like half an episode, kind of like the concept of half an episode stretched to a full one. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 fairly. Um, Fairly, yeah. There's a fair bit going on. Um, it's it's really, you know, it's setting up the new conflict going forward. Um, a lot of this time though is just spent to like giving Black War Greymon character development, which I found really interesting. Um, he's so cliche in a lot of ways, but he's kind of enduring nonetheless. Um, uh, just because I really enjoy his conversation with Agumon, where he's just like, he's just like a big dumb, like edgy baby, and Agumon just yeah. looks like actively pissed off. Do, do you, <laughs> like stupid do, questions. Do you know what my favorite? Um, do you know my favorite Black War Greymon line in this episode is? Oh, what is God. it? It's so it's in the sub. It's uh, not in the dub. Uh, when he's when he's uh, discussing the flower in the dub, he says, uh, "The flower is different. It's not artificial, uh, but it has feelings." Um. In the sub, what he says is, "This flower is alive, but it doesn't feel pain like I do." <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I want you to know, it took everything in my power not to spit my water out just then. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most overall, like sixth grade edginess ever. It's so funny. Like I just can't believe how how hard they're going on making this guy like a you know two thousand era scene kid. He's he's goth Greymon. Yes, he really is. His special attack, crawling in my skin, is full is concentration of one hundred percent negative energy. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna one, give you one second. I'm gonna look up how many Black War Greymon Lincoln Park AMVs there are on YouTube. Oh, that's this is necessary <laughs> oh, no. for the podcast. Yeah, RP Chester. All right, um, he doesn't deserve this. All right, let's take a look. Okay, coming. Okay, while you're finding that Scrafty, um, I'm just gonna discuss. Um, I have an argument to make here. Uh, I it. think in this ep- I think in this episode uh, we learn that Black War Greymon is is an is an ally and would say trans rights if he if he if 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 asked. Um, th- there is a conversation here where I've got the quote up actually, so this is perfect. It says, "So this is they're talking about um, friends and having a heart and all this sort of stuff." Black War Greymon goes, "What if I'm not capable of being a friend? That would prove once and for all if I had a heart or not." And Agamon goes. Of course you're capable. Everyone's capable of being someone's friend. And then Black War, Black War Greymon, as he's been saying a lot, goes, what if? Well, what if? And Agamon interrupts him and says, what if? Always with the what ifs. What if my aunt had a moustache? She'd be my uncle. Um, and then Black War Greymon just goes, she would. Wait, she would? Your logic confuses me. <laughs> like, so <laughs> clearly Black War Greymon doesn't give a damn. You know, it doesn't matter if you've got a moustache or whatever. You know, you if if 
you if you say he's you're his aunt he's you're his aunt like he he's clearly not you know he's, he's seen past all the bullshit he's, like he's, he's, he's just, just like, like a just like those juggalos yeah. who are like extremely pro um like blm <laughs> and, and trans rights yes yeah <laughs> yes it's like he doesn't he's got the spirit maybe, he's a little confused yeah. about it but he's got the spirit all right so having so having narrowed down the search results to only things that d- definitively say black war gray one and lincoln park there are still 595 black war gray one lincoln park amvs <laughs> on youtube that's incredible okay but like look at the results do they, do they look like they are what you want like they, there's not just like some fortunate happenstance or anything or are these very much we made amvs with lincoln park music all about black war gray one like, yeah, let's, a let's... lot of them are called things like Black War Graymon Tribute and Black War Graymon's Riot. So, like, I'm pretty Hell sure these yeah. are... Black Graymon's Riot. Yes. These are these right. are nice, nice and crunchy, like, 2006 era as well. Fuck yes. Oh, that's good. That's it's the good exactly stuff. That's, that's what, what I'm we... looking for. Yep, that's what we need. That's what, well, that's what we wanted. I don't want to watch any of these. You know, more power to anyone that does. <laughs> but oh, I'm glad to know they <laughs> exist. Um... If so you watch any of them, please let us know how they are, how the editing is, etc. You, you know how Vital they are. Vital information. You know how they are. <laughs> Come on. No, I don't. That's why I'm asking people to let us know. They will play... It will be Norm. Uh, the song choice will be Norm. Maybe Norm, Norm Encore. Um, and... <laughs> when he goes... I've concerned... Um, when, when that happens, it will play... Uh, he it will have a clip of him doing the... the uh, um... What do you call it? Terror Destroyer. Terror Destroyer. There we go. It will have that clip. But it's specifically the part hey, towards Tom, the end. How would you know so specifically about this? Would you have made one of these in the past, perchance? <laughs> Look, I, I I have artistic tendencies, and I can just imagine in my head how this will go down. Maybe maybe someone out there hasn't made that creative choice. Maybe there's God, I'm maybe just, there's I'm just maybe there's an opportunity here. in his mind palace, but instead of solving a murder, <laughs> he's just composing like Confarge AMVs. <laughs> <laughs> just imagining the Doctor Strange head twitching scene from like Infinity War, except he's just thinking he's just like there's only one perfect uh, Black War frame <laughs> on Lincoln Park A and B. Yeah, um, this is going like... through. <laughs> I need you to create it, Tony Stark. <laughs> <laughs> um, God. Um, yes, but yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that exists. Thank you for your, v- thank you for your hard work and uh, very important research there. Uh, Scrafty. So. Yeah, thank you. I Which appreciate we oh, this is this is so this is so perfect. I'm so glad that we've we've definitively solved the answer to how many Black Program on Lincoln Park AMVs are there on YouTube. <laughs> the answer is not enough. <laughs> too many. <laughs> no, it's not enough. Too many or not enough. <laughs> there's no in between. <laughs> there's no there's no definitive answer. <laughs> there's there will never be there will never be just the right number. <laughs> so, um, okay, I I mentioned this a bit in my description. Um, Okay, so I've checked, and it is actually... The Digimon is called a Mammothmon. Which the dialogue gets correct. The Digimon analyzer scene calls it Mammon. Which is its Japanese name, right? Yeah. Oh. Well, that's weird. You yeah, think I think they like... just didn't... They just didn't translate it properly. Like, uh, they, they, they do that sometimes. Like, they'll, they'll, they'll say the English name, but they'll show the Japanese name on screen. This is the yeah, first time I've had it at least it. like once or twice. Yeah, because I had to double check it because I noticed the name was very sh- very short, which is which isn't that common for Digimon names, like to be six letters long. I can't, I don't think there's that many at all. In fact, I think the only other one I can think of is in this very. There's like Vmon, I guess. But there's like Daemon. There's not that many. Um, Agumon. Agumon, uh, yeah, true. Yeah, Agumon's a bit obvious one. Uh, 
Upamon. I think I think most of them are probably going to be like your baby and in training and all that sort of forms. When it comes to like a big one, <laughs> there's not many, so it kind of stood out. Um, and the yeah, uh, it's the first time I noticed that 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 error. Uh, I, I think it's an error. Like oh yes, yes, one's the Japanese name, one's the English name, but if they're going to be different, you've got to make sure it matches up right. So okay, well I'm glad that's cleared up anyway. Because um, I I did notice a bit later on when they send that te- when they send the uh, I forget who they message. I forget who they send the text message to. I think it's... Uh, I can't remember who it is. Like, they send the text message... It's message Ken, right? It's, no, yeah, they send, it's Kari sending the ones to Ken at one point. Right. But he's not... Is he not with the group in this episode, like, initially, or...? No. Because like, he doesn't fly off to Sulk or anything. No, it's... Like, I think the I, I think the idea behind it is the fact that Ken goes to a different school, so, like, he's not there in the computer room with them after class oh. each day. Right, and, and it it it's basically that he goes uh, into the digital world from the computer in his home each day. I see. Right. Okay. Well, either way, they have a text message here that's just not translated at all, which they normally go to. Oh, the I didn't even notice it. that. Yeah, they they just have. He's just looking at his like D terminal, and it's just like Japanese text. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay. I guess they, I guess the budget got a bit thin towards the end. Saban, <laughs> maybe like. I don't know because they've done it consistently throughout this throughout this series in particular. So I was a bit surprised when like they normally do like the comic sans <laughs> text messages, which you always find kind of goofy. Uh, but they yeah they just didn't do it this time. So so speaking of uh, weird translation choices, do you want to know another weird one in this episode? Go ahead. Yes, always. So there's a part where um, Davis's sister June is uh, like oh. looking at a pimple on her chin, and this scene. In the Japanese version, she's, she says, I wonder if that means if Yamato has finally fallen for me, or it could just be some ugly old guy. And I was very confused by this line, so I looked up the context of that. Apparently, it's a Japanese superstition that if you've got a pimple on the lower part of your face, like your chin or like jawline area, it means that someone's in love with you, but you don't know who. Huh. That that's is... kind of a... That's a silly... Wow, that's... Superstition, but... Okay. <laughs> most, most of them are, so fair enough. Yeah, it's it's a really weird it's a really weird moment, and in in the sub, Daisuke doesn't even react to it. He just kind of goes, "Uh huh." <laughs> okay, what was that? So that just isn't in the no, just in, isn't in, in the English version. In the dub, it? she she still has it, but she's afraid that Matt will, it means Matt thinks she's gross. So it literally, they just flip the meaning of it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it makes more I mean, sense. He already does think she's gross, so. Yeah, but she doesn't know that. She's 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 clueless, isn't she? That's 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 the joke. I mean, at least she, at the very least, she recognizes that no, she is in fact not dating Matt. Despite the, uh, she's like, <laughs> oh, what is Matt going to think on our date? Not that I'm dating him, really, but I oh, yeah, that was kind I, of I, funny. I, I'm I like, wish, good. I, I almost heard, I heard that line. I was like, wait, you 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 actually do know that you're not dating him, like because previously it seems like you've been a bit. Um, you had a bit of selective thinking about that, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Very strange. Uh, June is a weird character. Um, I found it strange that yeah, they just had her show up in like a bath towel. <laughs> I just thought I was like, oh, well, okay, yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but you know, you do you. Did you want to venture O two? I think this, the series would just be better if she just wasn't around. Just like every state that she's <laughs> in, just replace her with ice Success. Yes. Yeah. The family, the family members in this show at this point, like, 
I just feel like every single time they've shown up, the show has been worse off for it. Even the ones that I like. At no, Yoli's Yo Lee's family is is Look, been they, kind of fun. I, oh, Lee, like the show is worse off for it. Uh, uh, I don't know. Ty's mom makes things very funny. Ty's she mom made that dream bean salad joke in the movie. That was really good. She she doesn't show up anymore though. I I just specifically mean like this point in O two like. They oh, have okay. these characters who like, like, like Izzy's parents showed up, for example, and all it did was sort of to just sow further confusion about the fact of like whether or not the parents actually remember anything yeah. from the original series. Like that's what I mean. Like, and and in the case of uh, Davis's sister, it's just like she sucks. <laughs> just fuck off. Like I don't. She's not a good character. Okay. Yeah. Um, true. Yes. So yeah, that's all I mean by that. But yeah, the um, uh, except. Hiroaki showing up is always a good time, though. I think we we all have to agree on that. Uh, yes, absolutely, hundred percent. Yes, he is not put a foot wrong so far. So at least you know, falls for the that absolute like weirdo. In, in the actual in the actual world of Digimon, I think he's probably put put a lot of feet wrong over his time. But uh, that's why <laughs> that's that's why we, that's why we love him. So yeah. Um. I um. Just to. Uh, just to go back to the June thing, uh, I also like that. She, uh, I also like that she she's there basically just to give us the like three out of three on characters getting slapped around the face <laughs> in this in this uh, in this trinity of episodes we've watched. Because like yeah, every single one, a character at least one character has taken taken uh, uh, has had five fingers say something to their face. So I, I know we uh, I know we had a we had a t- like a, a title and a title card in mind already. What if we just called it the slap? <laughs> I like oh, after okay. that really bad TV show. No, I think I think that <laughs> oh, might be an. Op- that's really I, I, good. I think no, I can't think of a way it work. But I was thinking that could be an opportunity for you to one up your uh, your Arakunimon video from last week and just like edit some faces <laughs> over the <laughs> over the slap video. But uh, yeah, I do like the slap. I, 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 I'm, very, I'm very yeah. I'm. My, my, my I, I, I can set chop up. I can chop up clips and put them in a different order with music over them. I cannot unfortunately <laughs> put Zachary Quinto <laughs> into an anime. Fair enough. Fair enough. I was thinking of the um Not yet you can't. You know, I never I oh, never actually there. think I never actually think of the of the original uh the slap stuff. I just think of that Australian like video where he just ends up like slapping everyone at the garden party. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the police come around and everything like it's he slaps that cat out of a tree. It's just yeah, really really, <laughs> really goofy. Um very good video. Go go look, look that up if you haven't seen it. Um uh, yeah, so I, I I find that a weird trend across these episodes of just characters just getting getting slapped, but um, I don't know. Apparently, it's apparently it does it not apparently has some value in in this crazy world they live in. So fair enough. It's a cultural thing, TM. I'm not sure what it is. Like you don't see that much of it. Uh, well, you've mentioned the Gundam thing already. Yeah, I get that, but like I I don't think it's uh I n- I don't know. I'm trying to think of like other examples of it. <laughs> like I think I'm thinking of like Pokemon and like it doesn't really happen in there. Like so, no, I mean, slap in the face all the time whenever he's horny. Yeah, no, he he's it's usually like a comedy punch where like he gets like it, you know he gets like approached by Misty or Krogunk or whoever, and then there's like a like a Batman like boom like effect, and then he just gets dragged off by his ear. Uh, which is all time joke. We'll never ever get old. Um, thanks, <laughs> thanks for that Pokemon. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, he's uh, yeah. It's never explicitly like ha- watching these characters get slapped round the face without much of a cut. 
Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of that in these episodes. So, uh, Scrafty, when I you just... said T, it's a cultural thing, TM, I thought you were like doing a joke of like Davis getting TK's name wrong, and my brain broke for a few seconds. No, <laughs> no I was just doing that. The, the trademark, like it's yeah, the thing that no, people. No, I, I ended up getting it, but I'm like, why are you, why are you making fun of TK's name? That doesn't happen in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those lazy excuses that people use to justify stereotypes and whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of um. Oh, oh I need to post it in the chat. Uh, now I'm just thinking of the uh, uh when you criticize anime <laughs> video. So, well, actually, it's a cultural <laughs> thing, and he was trying to. Subvert that, yeah, is that one? I'm can't, I can't do that. Yeah, that Video one. That one's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, where where do uh, where do internet pedants get their water from? Oh well, uh, actually, there we go. You got it. You got it. Got it in one. I've been studying. Nailed it. Ready for the test. What is the destiny? Can stone? we? Uh, yeah, I was about to say. Can we bring up the destiny stones? Because uh, <laughs> mommy mom's like, oh, in those legends, and then like. Well, here's the new MacGuffin quest. It's the Destiny the, Stones. The lore for <laughs> Zero Two. Sorry, not the lore for Zero Two. The lore for this franchise as a whole is just like whatever, whatever people want them to, whatever the writers think think of over the time, and they just have a character say, "Well, legend has it." It's like, no, it doesn't. It's never had it. <laughs> legend yeah, the, has the, never had it. But okay, go I, ahead. I go to Digimon for like the like the the like emotion of like character based storytelling and so on like that. When it comes to like actual lore or like world building and stuff like that, it kind of sucks. <laughs> and this is a good example. And in the, we're at the point now in O2 where I feel like it just gets even like ignore. It gets it gets bad to a point that I find it hard to ignore. Like they are so obviously like. We've been in this arc of sorts with Arikuni, you know, Arikunimon. Like we've, you know, we've seen she's a Digimon. We've seen in Digimon form. They've had a fight of sorts. Now they've introduced her, her second in command, Mumimon. And like they've just now introduced another plot element out of nowhere. Like compare this to like the Mayutis monarch as an example from like season one, where you've got like it sets up Mayutis Mon, It sets up the concept of the eighth child. And it does it with like a nice sense of like, okay, Mayutis Mon, here's Mayutis Mon, here's his new threat. You know, we're gonna have him in the shadows for a few episodes and then bring him out. Um, the eighth child stuff is gonna be, you know, uh, brought up by uh, Jedi, but it's gonna be brought up early. Like, so it, it, it felt like it was brought up at a sort of like a natural pace. Whereas this is very much right. just like you have the villains going, ooh, Destiny Stones, and then it's just like wait, what? <laughs> like, why wasn't this mentioned earlier? I feel like it's probably, it seems like a big deal. So, could they even mention it in the last episode? Like, as an aside, so. No, it's it literally is just like, hey, can we go see those Destiny Stones I was I heard about, Queen? No. Oh, okay, and then they go <laughs> find it anyways. It's so important <laughs> that Arakuni Mon just wants nothing to do with them. <laughs> or maybe she, do, maybe she actually does care, but because Mommy Mom brought it up, she has to be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're not, yeah. Gonna, yeah, basically. we're not gonna do that she's, she's just dog. an internet contrarian it's like i agree with you but i can't say i'm agreeing with you so screw you she's like well let's pretend it's my idea and then we can do it yes <laughs> it's it's just it just sucks yeah it's yeah a, like it, the, the next like i want to say like five episodes are all just oh no the destiny stones though yeah obviously like now they've been established like i 100 percent expect them to do that like that that's just a natural logical path now is like here's the new mcguffin let's go find them and 
From what I remember, there's basically just a bunch of episodes of them, like, finding them, hoping to stop Black War Grimoire from destroying them, and just failing. <laughs> like, I, that's my, that's my, like, recollection of what we're about to see, and I, you know, hey, tell me I'm wrong if, if you want to, but I get the feeling none of you are about to do that, right? That is pretty <laughs> much how it goes. Um, no. No, yeah. you're not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. no, no arguments here. Yeah, so that is, I, like I say, I liked the Black War Greymon character characterization, character development stuff here, but like he, um, the actual, yeah, the actual MacGuffin here. I'm just, I'm, 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 I've just not, not much interest in that whatsoever. Yeah, you need to give me a reason to care. So at some point in this episode, um, a character com- like compares the the Destiny Stone to Plymouth Rock. Yeah, Mummy Mon does that. How does Mummy Mon know what Plymouth Rock is? He's just programmed <laughs> with all the knowledge of uh, yeah, like all the knowledge of uh, yeah. the yeah of, of the human world, but of of third grade social studies. Th- this is this is a personal admission, but I'm embarrassed that the only reason I know what Plymouth Rock is is because I saw this really terrible B movie called Stone NATO. <laughs> Stone NATO. Oh, wow. A tornado that picks up Plymouth Rock and just tossing it around. That's. That sounds great. Um, it is this, <laughs> this this rock like crushes multiple people. That's huh. that's incredible. It's yeah. It's I I I'm I'm kind of like ignorant of a lot of parts of American colonial history. Um, Good my choice, and the only reason I knew that I understood that reference and it wasn't just a complete non sequitur was because I had seen Stonado and not because I'm actually like you know cultured or, or historically knowledgeable. Interesting. I'm just That's... imagining. So when, when you said like they were, yeah, they just like knew everything because like you know they collected the internet or whatever. I was just thinking of um, the the freaking um, half life Alex, which is like he's like he's like downloaded the entire internet, which is why he knows like so much shit about random stuff that doesn't exist anymore <laughs> because of the combine. He's he just downloaded the entire internet before it went offline. <laughs> it's up to his like hard drive, um, which I always found like such a goofy concept. <laughs> so, um, which I know from watching playthroughs of that, I have not played it myself, unfortunately, due to. Yeah, see, that's that's uh, Mummy Mon and Arukani Mon's secret power is that they they hold the collective knowledge of e-girls and podcaster <laughs> boyfriends, respectively. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, that's she how they're so far, powerful. She knows far too much from like doing her Twitch streams and having her like army of like. Um, let's say devoted followers to avoid using the S word, um, <laughs> telling her random bullshit she doesn't care about. And uh, Amorimon does a podcast, so he obviously needs to know a lot about one specific subject, which no one else actually cares about. So <laughs> collectively, they have most of the human knowledge <laughs> that currently exists. Yeah. So um, yes, they are. Yeah, they they're resourceful. <laughs> I just love. I just love thinking about that. Like. Or can I just locks Mummy Mon in the basement and only lets him out so that he can fight bad guys and call her queen? Yeah. <laughs> he, he just shows up. He only gets to show up when she actually needs like someone to come in and save her ass. Like, and after that, <laughs> I get the feeling he's just riding off of that. Like now, like he showed up to save her one time, and he actually gets to like breathe fresh air for like more than more than <laughs> three hours a day. Like, yeah, he's allowed to be out like, of the basement now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of speaking of uh, not letting Digimon do certain things, I think uh, I think um, Davis needs to stop letting Vimon watch TV 
because there's that one line where they're talking about like I think they're talking about like Nightmon's cutting ability when Nightmon's trying to like destroy the Destiny Stone, and Xvmon makes this weird comment about like I want sort of a cannon, like I want someone someone <laughs> like slicing cannon half on TV or whatever. And just, I'm just imagining like Davis and Vmon at just like 3 a.m. watching the knife show with like just surrounded <laughs> Cutler, by like, they're watching Cutler like, Corner at 3 a.m. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're just like, like Davis is just like got his like his like head at ninety degree angle, but like the rest of his body's just on the like sofa cushion, and and <laughs> just hanging upside down off the sofa, and they're just surrounded by like Doritos crumbs and Game of Fuel. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just I like, mean, to be fair, I think Davis like would totally watch like Cutlery Corner at like three a.m. like would. as a stone teenager. That makes sense. Yep. He he, hundred percent would like you know we saw him and try in his like you know going to sushi bars in like <laughs> in like Madrid so you know he's clearly not in try sorry in Last Evolution um he's clearly got interests and I feel like the knife the knife show would be very relate very similar to uh very much up his street um yeah I don't know. That was just a, that was Speaking a funny, of, uh, that was a funny that, comment. That Nightmon sequence, I love how Ankylomon's like, that sword won't be any use against my hard shell. And then he's like, ow, ow, quit hitting me. Oh my god. Just like immediately <laughs> after, I was like, jeez, Ankylomon, have you done anything right so far? That was really funny. What are you going to do, stab me? Quote from Man Stabbed. <laughs> Man Stabbed. <laughs> that was really funny because uh, also like Nightmon's like animation there for like, well, for hitting anything, but for both like hitting Ankylomon and hitting the Destiny Stone, both all those animations just like he's just lightly tapping them with his sword, <laughs> like they're <laughs> like they're like fencing or something. But it it just looks like it has zero impact whatsoever. I just find it hilarious. Um, but then you have a scene later on, which you have um you have like Ankylomon. He's like he's like basically trapped Nightmon. Like he's he's Nightmon's Nightmon's got knocked over by someone else. I forget who. And like Ankylomon just, just like jumps on him basically, pins him down. But then he delivers the line that's like, it isn't as much fun when you're on the bottom. Like as if <laughs> as if to say like, yeah, hey, but you think it's not as much fun when you're on the bottom? Um, which yeah, like no. No, <laughs> say that differently. Say that differently, Akilamon. <laughs> don't, don't you, don't you find your words? Not those words, other words. Yeah, please. We're brain poisoned. Uh, my favorite yeah, part are. was when I think it was XVmon is like, oh, like it's just one sword. I can handle it as long as he doesn't have a second sword. And then, he, like, as he's saying that, like he immediately pulls out the second sword, and XVmon's like, oh no. That's <laughs> yeah, really good. There were like a lot of like I've, really I've, like stupid good gags in this episode just from like just from Nightmons like existing. It's like what you, what what's that you've got there? A knife. Oh okay. As long as you haven't got two knives. No! Wait, what do you got there? Two knives. No. Two kni- no. <laughs> oh, there's so many dumb memes you can make about this episode. It, it it's really it's yeah, the Nightmon stuff is hilarious. Like Nightmon, yeah, Nightmon just swings his sword with like zero like strength or effort or you know impact whatsoever. He's like <laughs> tapping his Destiny Stone until like it eventually like cracks a little bit, and then Black Walker just shows up, one shots him, and then one shots the Destiny Stone. <laughs> so I just thought, I just thought that was really funny. He just he just comes in and like just <laughs> just tramples everybody. It was really really amusing. Um, uh, also his like also his like. Casual slaughter of the Mount of Mon. 
which was so so edgelord. I mean, they, they literally I, run I through him and then explode. Like that's power. Yes, exactly. Like they, yeah, they just like run at him. He just stands <laughs> there. He doesn't do anything really, and then <laughs> a bunch of them just explode, and then he just decimates them. It's it's actually kind of violent like, for what it is, for what's happening, and yeah, it's and then he's just. Yeah, he's just a Metal Gear villain. Like he's just like cutting through everyone and being like, "What am I? What am I? What am I fighting for?" Like he's just <laughs> he's just basically doing that the whole time. It's uh, it's a lot. Um, what do you think of what do you think of Greymon and his and his moral his moral quest? I suppose it's it, it's like he's a hilarious character. Like not intentionally hilarious, but like. I feel like whoever wrote and designed this character thinks he's so cool, and like maybe he was to kids in the in the year two thousand. But like looking back in the year twenty twenty one as an adult, it's like it's pretty silly. He's a pretty silly yeah. character. It's very embarrassing. Yes, I, I've seen a million variant variants on this sort of thing at this point, um, and and yeah, and also I'm an adult. I'm, I'm, I'm an adult now, so yes, I'm very much like this is stupid, <laughs> but but. Endearing to an extent. Um, I did find him like literally like going on the floor and like stopping stopping Mammoth Monday, like stepping on this flower and then just destroying it himself later on. Like, actually, flowers are bad. I I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> I should be murdering. It's like, oh for <laughs> God's sake, like, pick a pick a lane. But uh, seriously, yeah. it's he's so much, and it's like my biggest issue is like. Like, if, if he wants to be, like, an edgy, like, goth scene kid, like, whatever, fine. Like, uh, I I understand that they're trying to make a point with this, even if it's kind of, and by kind of, I mean pretty ham-fisted. I just hate right. how he's, how the power creep in this series has now gotten to a level where they there's literally an enemy that can't be beaten that's going to keep showing up and beating the main characters, like, for, like, the next, like, ten episodes or whatever. Like, it, that, just knowing that doesn't feel enjoyable to me. It's sure. rough. It's rough. It's not great. It's yeah. not I, I'm not saying the heroes have to win every time, but knowing that Black War Greymon is going to come in and just stomp without any issue, like for for episodes on end, like I'm just like I'm not looking forward to that. That just oh, like oh, like I just don't want to. There's a certain point where I'm like I don't really care. Like there's nothing in it. Yeah, I I kind yeah. of I kind of vaguely remember like what happens like with um you know other. Digimon showing up and, and stuff and, and basically not really giving him any trouble whatsoever and it's yeah it doesn't, it's not really very uh, intriguing I would say. Like I think I think there are some things like giving Black War Greymon more of a purpose in the you know hey you've introduced these Destiny Stone things like okay you've tied them in with Black War Greymon at least. Okay so that's something I suppose. But I am kind of like I, I'm, I'm kind of interested in like okay because I can't remember, I'm kind of interested in what do the Destiny Stones actually have to do with Black War Greymon? And like, why is he, he like the other Digimon that have been made by Control Spires? But um, at the same time, this is also kind of built on aspects which I feel like haven't been given the appropriate amount of like build, <laughs> specifically the Destiny Stones. So, so yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I did like his chat with Agumon. I found that to be effective. Yeah, it was. It was kind of nice, except for the part where he's like, 
I've given you time to answer all my questions. You're not answering my questions. And it's like, bro, he has been answering your questions. That's fine. I mean, he's obviously an impatient, an impatient fucker. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's, which is, which is he's like a, he's like a three day old baby, so it makes sense. But it's also like, bro, like he has literally answered everything you've asked him. Just because he doesn't yeah. know uh, human biology does not mean he has not answered your questions. It's funny. It was really cute as well with like Agumon, who obviously need to think about that sort of thing too much and you know what about what they here basically giving his kingdom heart speech about about stuff and and Agumon's like well you know you just kind of do shit and it's cool <laughs> like that's basically all he's got to say <laughs> and i don't blame him uh and, and also i don't blame black walk Greymon for kind of being like this even if uh you know it's a bit cringy <laughs> i suppose in, in, in yeah. spots but no I, I did find it fun um and i liked their i liked their like brofist handshake moment that was, that was yeah that was cute. yeah yeah this episode is just a, l- a little sparse because we're setting up yet another plot detail of episode 30 was setting up oh black war grandma now this episode is like oh the destiny stone so it's like yeah okay like this is what we're going to be dealing with of arukanimon mummymon find destiny stone black war grandmon says i hate it uh the digestion say please don't and black war grandmon says vibe check mm. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, Terra Destroy is a cool move. I mean, Terra Fourth was already cool. It's, but it's, like, ter- it's yeah, a good, Terra it's a good move. Terra, Terra Destroy is cool. It's got a cool name. I don't, know. I don't have much else to say about this one personally. I think the only the only thing I would change is it. I would change it to maybe Terror Destroyer. That's like that would be even edgier. I think that wordplay already works. Like if you just listen to it in the show, but but yeah, I I, I kind of. If they just literally called it that, like in in writing as well, that would be that would be a fun change. Or well, if they were gonna do that, they just they just call it Terror Force. So, like you know, War Greymon uses Terror Force. Uh, Black War Greymon uses Terror Force. That'd I be that. that'd be cooler as well. I bet, I bet, <laughs> yeah. I bet those sounded exactly uh, actually, the same. Actually, the last thing I have to say <laughs> is a few weeks ago I was looking for. Uh, TF2 mods to see if there was a mod for replacing the heavy with Gargomon. Unfortunately, there's not. <laughs> of course, there's but not. there is a mod. There is Sorry. a mod to replace like like the Crusher, like one of the big Left for Dead two enemies with Black War Greymon, and instead of like throwing like I guess oh boulders or whatever, he just throws terror destroyers at you, and it's really oh yeah, that's the, 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 yeah, that's the, the tank. Oh, yeah, the tank. Yeah. I need to look at this left for dead. The thing that uh, is inexcusable, though, there is no TF2 mod for Gargomon as the heavy, but there is an L- L- left for dead 2 mod that adds Garudamon, and who cares about Garudamon that much? Seriously, that's very strange. I've sometimes seen like some uh, like uh, if 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 you're aware of like Fug Pro and like the community there around that around that game, that's the Tony Hawk's Underground Two like modding scene that are basically modded like most right, of the okay. like iconic skate parks and stuff from the pro skater and and the other good tony hawk games into uh, the pc version of tony hawk's underground 2 um there's so many mods for that like people have added stuff like the the levels from the disney skateboarding game that w- was on the pro skater engine anyway um there's like they've added in like banjo kazooie levels like someone put in rusty bucket bay as like a <laughs> level which is hilarious but i've definitely seen digimon ones uh for those as well like so it's uh, and sometimes it's some weird stuff like Devimon and whatever where it's like that's kind of cool but like but why <laughs> I'm just kind of like why um, so uh, yeah maybe we'll so if maybe we have we'll, any I'll, fans I'll, who are really good at modding please put yeah. Gargomon in TF2 like I'm begging you 
just the tamer's love is just in the wrong spaces i think it's just in like the it's more of the thinkers rather than the doers of the digimon community i think <laughs> just the philosophers <laughs> you know That's we're a... making a podcast so maybe maybe we maybe we are doers actually at the end of the day but uh <laughs> it's uh yeah i'm trying to, i'm trying i'm having, so the having problem, a look the problem is people who yeah. like tamers are just biggest streamers not biggest doers oh god yes jesus god um Jesus. Let's. Uh, yeah. Next I'm gonna, bit. I'm going to look through this. Um, I'm going to look through this Pro Skater like, archive and we'll see if there's any Digimon stuff because I feel like this would be funny to show you. But um, maybe in the meantime, we can take it to. Uh, let's, yeah, let's start closing any, out this episode then because. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about this one, to be honest. There, there aren't too many like sub dub differences aside from like minor changes of wording. Um, it's, it is notable that. Basically, every time they say heart in the dub, they're saying soul in the Japanese version. Right. That I kind of like heart more because heart encompassed, like, all has, like, an all encompassing meaning. That's personally just me. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I have an update. Um, I've checked the, uh, the archives on THPX. Sorry, THPSX.com, which is the, like, okay. modding hub, I guess. Um, and I'd searched for Digimon, and the only thing that came up was a Renamon character model. Because <laughs> of course, the, of course, of course, it was. <laughs> of, of course, course there's a Renamon so, character model. So yeah, yeah, that's literally it. No one else. I mean, granted, you know, you're not going to get Greymon on there. I suppose you need like a, you know, you need like a um, a humanoid character model. But you know, you, you could make Greymon a small or... Greymon. Yeah. Yeah, you could. You could. well, I guess. Yeah, they have Shrek, so I guess anything goes. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just make a small Greymon. I found the uh, I found the tank skin for the that you you mentioned. Uh, they've got Black War Greymon, but they've also got um, uh, yeah, Leopard Two Tank, Black War Greymon X, Sacrifice Tank, Om, uh, uh, Omnimon Alter B. And Left 4 Dead tank is Black War Greymon, so it's just really yeah, that's good. Really, that's pretty because really like good. so the, the sacrifice tank is is an unbeatable enemy. So making that Omnimon is like the funniest thing ever to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's it's a tank that you're designed to lose to since that that campaign ends with one player having to sacrifice themselves. Yeah, uh, I I like the comments here. Um, uh, someone's just said uh, Mega Recommendo, which is which is great. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm um, a comment here that says, "I'm so excited when this big guy coming, my favorite <laughs> mod in this game, so cool." Um, Okie dokie. I'm gonna see if there's any other funny comments in here. Um, I wonder if it changes let's... the music too. It'd be so funny if like because the, the, like the tank has a specific song that starts playing when it when it spawns in. Um, yes, true. So it would you be so funny. Yeah, if it it spawns in and just starts playing like "Let's Kick It Off" or something. Yeah. <laughs> Change into power. Let's get that. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's play. Uh, someone, someone has commented and just said six six six. So you know, yeah, that's metal, metal, bro. Okay, let's <laughs> let's let's close this out. This is okay. Veering into madness as we usually that's do. Right. Do we have any reader mail this week? Uh, we have one piece of reader mail, but I if uh, you want to send mail. us more reader mail, Sloan, where can you send that reader mail? I like saying the word reader mail. Reader mail. You can send that to our DMs at DigiNovaCast on Twitter.com, or if you want to send reader mail on an email, you can send that to DigiNovaCast at gmail.com. 
What's that? Sorry, I didn't catch that. My 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 headphones cut out. It was digi-novacast at gmail.com. D-I-G-I Novacast at gmail.com. Thank you very much. I, that, that's very helpful because I, I missed I missed the first one entirely. I don't know how. Just cut out. Audio gone. Um But yeah, like like Lexland said, send us send us send us an email that you got. Uh we love reading it, we love hearing about it. Um it always gives us fun topics for discussion. Uh so we always like really appreciate it. It's it's our one of our favorite parts about doing this. So yeah, it'd be cool. Right, no, before you move on, sorry, one only last thing I'm going to say about this. I did do a quick search on Steam Workshop for Left 4 Dead for uh, for Digimon. Uh, not much, not not much of any good other than what we've already covered. Uh, but there is a mod to replace the tank theme with butterfly. Oh well, that's good. That's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I like that. that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, no, sorry. Carry on. Yeah, okay. close, let's get back to business. Tab, closing this tab. Um, and and yeah, where were we? All right, so we've got one from uh, Joe. I'm sorry, I'm not going to even try to pronounce your last name because I don't want to butcher it. Um, Joe D. And Joe D. is asking, um, Hey, NovaCast, what do you think is the best evil Digimon in the series? Not not main antagonist, just like one-off evil one. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, by evil, we're including like the mindless animal variety like Quagamon. And all yeah, that. I'm, I'm yeah, guessing yeah, what okay. he means is like any of the antagonist ones. That have appeared, like even just for one episode. Adventure um, era Digitamamon, because he shows the evil of a horrible <laughs> boss. Yeah, Digitamamon was exactly what I was thinking of. You just sniped my answer <laughs> there. Um, he's so good. Like he, he is, he is the capitalism uh, he, villain. Yeah, he's he, <laughs> even joking aside. He's actually like genuinely like a really fun, like just evil jerk for the day. Yeah, and then when he actually comes down to fighting, he kicks their ass. Like he is, yeah, absolutely effective at the like the actual physical violence part as well, which is, you know, only adds to it really. Um, if he was just like a cowardly, like scumbag who just sort of ran away as soon as things got turned violent, then that would be fine too. But yeah, they go the extra, they go the extra mile for him, <laughs> so it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, and his voice is hilarious. I can I can dig it I can dig it. Um, I would probably say Demi Devimon just because I I love the little gremlin man. Yeah, that's that was that would have been my other uh, choice if I didn't pick Digitamon. Honestly, it's it's yeah, a, he, it's he, a good one. I I like uh, I like his I like his attitude. I like his spunk. He's uh, his willingness to cause problems on purpose is something that I very greatly relate with. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. he's not bad. Yeah, he kind of gets a raw deal with my Otisman just icing. Yeah, I, he gets he gets eaten. It's really depressing. The little boy oh, deserves better. Right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, did he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he didn't. No, he didn't deserve that at any rate. So I I will say, yeah, he didn't deserve that. But I don't know who I'd say as a as a pick other than Digitalmon. Um, I mean. Like I could see Fujimon, but that's kind of a, that was a Black Gear situation. It's not really the same thing. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, hmm, I quite like I quite like Parrotmon <laughs> just because it's a big angry bird. It just that's, shows up. Yeah, just that's like that's the classic. Be, be pissed off. Like it's because like Quagamon kind of fits that role too, but I just don't. I, I don't find it as entertaining. It's just. It's a big bug, and you know they kind of dispose of it without too too many issues usually. So, you know, 
whatever. But yeah, Paramount, <laughs> just a big angry bird, <laughs> like, <laughs> like cockatiel, just like going going ham. Um, it it so barely I mean, speaks, I'm, I'm but I love when it does speak. It has like the stereotypical like parrot voice. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Like polygot. Wait, did you just that. call yeah. Paramount a cockatiel? I don't know. Do you I mean, know what Paramount's name is? I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a parrot. I get that, but he 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 always looked a bit off for some reason. Like he wasn't exactly like like he was parrot esque, but he was actually a different bird breed. I don't know. Just move on. <laughs> don't embarrass me, <laughs> please. Look, uh, I am, I embarrass myself enough that I got to do it to both of you sometimes. Sure. Like so that well, way it balances. Okay. I'm. It's it's like the whole like you didn't mean to say that. So yes, I did. It's that's what I do every week. Is I pull so, that one bit that Davis did. Okay. All right. Okay. But All right. so thank you yes. for the question. That's a, I that's a good question. Just because it lets us go over Digital Mon again a little bit, and I love talking about that guy. <laughs> He's great. He he is a great character. In my in my head, he just has the same voice as Engine from the like original Crash games. <laughs> I, I, I know that's wrong, but like I was just trying to think of him there, think of his voice, and yeah, he's got a great voice. There. So, Scrafty, I want to know what you've been up to lately. Uh the answer, much like last week, is not a whole lot. Uh, however, within the last week, one thing I have done is uh, I started doing a rewatch of the entire Saw movie series with my girlfriend because she's never seen them before. Because um, I have a bizarre affinity for those movies, even though um, seven out of eight of them are, are trash, but they're like they're like fun trash. It's like, at a certain point, they, they stop being like serious horror movies and they become very gory soap operas, essentially. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they get, they get a um, bit into the... Uh, into the they, they kind of get a bit too far into the like... Hey, you come here to see someone bleed out, you know, a bunch. So that's what we're gonna do, right? That's that's basically how those films went. Yeah, like they're they get increasingly. Like the, the, it's it's weird to think about nowadays because, like, you know, the series has a reputation for being really gory and and disgusting. But the first few are very subdued by comparison. Like mm. the, the 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 famous moment at the end of the first one, you know, the titular saw moment doesn't even yeah. show anything. Like it is entirely off screen. Yeah. So, like, it's just funny, because like, the first one was directed by James Wan, who would go on to direct a bunch of other very successful horror movies, and Aquaman, um, <laughs> and written by Lee Wanell, who recently directed um, The Invisible Man, which is way better than it had oh. any right to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so these are two of the very talented writers and directors um, who, like, you know, join forces to make a very effective, slow burn, you know, unconventional horror movie. And then from the second one on, it's just a different team, like, every single time. So they just go off the rails, like, right away. Yeah. I I really like the... Yeah, I really like the first one, and then I watched, like, the second one and thought, okay, I see why this series got a reputation for being a bit, a bit shit after a point. A point. So <laughs> um, I'm really interested in the Chris Rock one that's being made. That's yeah. so interesting to me. I really hope I, it's that, good. that one seems funny because like it's rocking this really fine line between like wanting to recapture fans of the franchise, but also it feels like it's a movie that's ashamed of being a Saw movie. <laughs> but if they just, it, it seems like it seems like a film that's following up like the, the first one or two. Let's say like it feels like it's it knew why that was cool and it was wanting to do that again. 
like because yeah like the the movie's called like... spiral and the only reference to saw is there's like a very very small there's a very small text in both the trailer and the poster that says like from the creators of saw or something um well, i mean that's that, that's that's a lot of films do that at this point like you have you know you, ever since the dark Knight's been like fashionable so i don't really yeah i, I don't know that like, too much they, that. They they don't show Tobin Bell or even like the puppet in the trailers at all. Like they're they are trying as hard as they can to capture like the aesthetic of the original Saw without referencing any of the characters' plots or iconography from it. Which you know I can huh. respect to a degree. Yeah, they screwed, yeah, they kind of screwed that all that franchise's reputation. So yeah, yeah, because the last one that came out three years ago that was just called Jigsaw. That one is like actually oh my one of my God. favorites, but for for a really silly reason, it is a completely mid like four or five out of ten movie for the first like hour and a half but then the last five minutes just go off the rails in the most hilariously absurd way possible that it just, it just, just go wraps like, around to being amazing does it just go like full final destination or something so, <laughs> like, like it... do you, you know have you heard of the old writing adage that the longer the longer it takes to explain a plot twist the the the, the poorer the twist is yes yeah the, this the last five and a half minutes of this movie are just explaining the plot twist Ooh, that's there, good. There are five straight minutes of a character monologuing to explain the last twist while the theme plays on loop over it. Okay, so it just takes it is, like Metal Gear, basically. <laughs> it is so funny. Like it is so funny. It, it like the the movie does this thing. I don't want to spoil it in case anyone who's listening wants to check it out for themselves. But like, sure. You remember in Heavy Rain how at one point you play as the killer <laughs> oh, and the killer's sorry. internal thoughts. Already a really yeah. bad start when you say. You know, like in Heavy Rain, but, but carry on. <laughs> so yeah, the other part in Heavy Rain, like, there's one point where you play as the killer, and while you're playing as the killer, the killer thinks, hmm, I wonder who the killer is, I gotta catch that killer. So like, there is no way that the, in, in canon, the killer is actually thinking this. That is something that only exists to trick the player. Yeah. Jigsaw but... does that, but like, times ten. Like, a character, oh, the, no. the villain of this movie goes through the most unnecessarily complicated actions ever to trick the audience because no other character in the movie has the knowledge necessary to make this trick work. It's only the, an, an, an omniscient observer who's seen everything that's going on. That's incredible. That sucks. That's and bad there's filmmaking. something so hilarious about that because you can tell the writers thought they were so smart making this twist. Like They probably high-fived after they wrote it down in the writer's room. But like putting it into practice is so funny because this character is either psychic or he was aware of the fourth wall and like being observed <laughs> by omniscient viewers and, and decided to trick them to throw him for a loop. Evil Deadpool. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like that. yeah, it's it is it is hysterical. So the, this is a series. Like usually, I'm a very like big supporter of like genuine enjoyment. Like you know, don't don't be irony poisoned. Don't enjoy stuff like ironically because it'll just make you cynical and you know. Um, It'll, it'll yeah, suck yeah. up the joy of, of 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 media in general, but Saw is the one the one series that I will I will have an ironic attachment to because like they just get so goofy and silly like as the as they go on further and further it it becomes such a yeah. a fun like blood soaked ride all the way through. Just like usually like live action gore really bothers me. Like I can't watch any kind of like you know um. Like 127 hours, for example, like I I Ooh, can't watch no, a scene no. where he he hacks his arm off. It's too much for me. But Saw is just so goofy and over the top. But like I can watch it no problem and like laugh at it because of how you know ridiculous it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, that's that's what what I've been up to for the most part. That and that and just catching up on um 
some of the games I've been I've been trying to get through my backlog lately. I've been playing more Dead by Daylight. Uh, I started um, a couple RPGs as well. I started Iconfell, which is a very charming um, indie RPG that came out last year that I've, one of my friends has been really trying to get me to play. So I, I finally started that. Hopefully I can finish it before my um, Game Pass trial expires in March. I want to I want to check that out. So you have to let me know how that is. Yeah, it's 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 super good so far. Like I haven't gotten very far at all just because I've been busy with other stuff. Um but just like on a purely aesthetic and uh, presentation level, like it is extremely charming and I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Next on my docket is is Wonderful 101 Remastered because I I kickstarted that game way back in February of last year. I've had the cart sitting like in in my uh Switch case for like 10 months now since it arrived and i just haven't gotten around to starting it yet <laughs> well hey you get to play wonderful 101 so that's gonna be good yeah that it's game a super good game. Like, it, was, it's, it was one it's one of, it was one of my favorite uh platinum games when i first played it but that was like back in 2013 whenever it came out so i, I hope it still holds up just as well in uh 2021 hmm. hopefully here i i hope so too i I need to get remastered for switch at some point because i meant to but could kickstart at the time so yeah, mm. I, I I really don't know how to feel about that game because I love I like platinum stuff usually I like Mia stuff I've always ever since they first showed that game and it was like shown as like a top down looking game I've just been so like I don't know that I want that and that's such a petty reason not to be interested in a game I, <laughs> I'm not petty but like that's such a like a shallow reason not to be interested in a game but it it honestly I just Anything that kind of looks remotely like an RTS, I just can't. I can't get behind. So it's it's really, it's a, it's a hard really sell for sure. Like it's it's the entire game is basically what if we did Bayonetta but from the Pikmin perspective, <laughs> and like <laughs> that is yeah. you know, certainly a, a hard sell for people who like more traditional action games. But like the more you play it, the more you appreciate the slightly zoomed out thing because it lets you keep track of more enemies at once. It lets you, uh, you know, use make use of the unique like you know formation mechanic more easily. It's it's something that takes like it's like it takes adjustment. I'd say if you decide to play, give it the first three levels before you decide to to quit because it has a bit of a learning curve. And the the way the game teaches you is by smashing your face into the pavement until you you know until you're learned. So yeah, um, definitely a bit of a familiar. rough start if you're you know not used to that style of game. But it gets way better, and it, it it's one of those games like Okami where I'm not even upset that Wonderful One One hasn't gotten a sequel because it feels like the game. Is itself a, like a self-contained trilogy? Yeah. Like, there's three different points where you think, okay, this is the last boss, but then it keeps going after that, and I, I mean that in a good way, not in a bad way. Yeah, Okami does that exact same trick. So yeah, uh, that's that's what I was saying. It feels like Okami, yeah. and that it's it's a self-contained trilogy, despite being a single game. <laughs> yes, which for better or worse for that game, but but most mostly for better. I, I do love Okami. Yeah. Um, cool. All sounds good. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's been my. My week. Uh, what about you, Tom? What have, what have you been up to? I have been... Well, okay, first, if you want to follow me on Twitter for whatever reason, um, then A, I'm not sure what's wrong with you, and, uh, and B, you can check me out at uh, at ColdManHot on, uh, on Twitter. Um, I have been playing a few things lately. Uh, one thing I played recently was, uh, was a game called If Found, uh, which is a small... I, I guess visual novel of sorts, but not like in the traditional sense. It's more like a it's more like an interactive comic. I played something called Florence a few weeks ago. I can't remember if I mentioned it on here, but it's kind of similar. They're very, two very similar games, not just because they're both published by Annapurna. Uh, they are... Well, 
If Bound, I'll speak. I'll just speak about If Bound. That is a story about a trans woman returning home to her Irish family who live in the like live in rural Ireland in the 1990s. So, you know, you can imagine there is a fair bit of drama involved and such like that. And she makes friends with some other uh, some other queer folk, uh, and you know, there's a bit of heartache and stuff like that so the, the it's a, it's a, it's a fairly like i wouldn't say it's a necessarily uplifting story but it's not necessarily outright like a, a downer as well it's beautifully told uh it makes some really cool use of uh, i played it in handheld mode using the touchscreen uh, it's basically got an interface where you spend most of the game like wiping away the screen to like reveal the next one like it's just, that's the easiest way i can think of to describe it like you're just literally like 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 when you have like a window rubbing your hand up to get rid of the fog it's kind of got a very similar interface to that uh and not much not much else in that regard it's not you know it's a, it's an interactive story or whatever but it's it's really nice well told great music uh i believe two mellow did a lot of the a lot of the music for that um and yeah i'd recommend that it's very good uh, i meant to get around to it ages ago but you know um <laughs> just buy games and don't play them for ages um Another example, oh, that's on Switch, by the way, uh, but I think it's also on PC and mobile. Um, speaking, yeah, speaking of games I've bought ages ago and never got around to playing or finishing, um, I finally finished all the levels in Hitman 2, <laughs> like three years after I bought it. Um, I was, I'm obviously excited for the new one, but I went back to Hitman 2 and was like, I didn't really get enough out of this game when I previously got it, because I just kind of got, I think I got a little overwhelmed by it, I think, at the time. Uh, so I went back and finished that. That game is incredible still. Like Hitman is just hilarious and tense and gorgeous game. And I really love all the like, characters and writing in it. And it's just, it's just, if I could play one game, if there was like one game that I had to play for like the rest of my life or whatever, and I couldn't play anything else, I think the Hitman like combined trilogy would be it for me. So uh, I'm really interested in uh interested in free but yeah i'm, I'm gonna play more of two i'm gonna play the dlc and yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of that so yeah two two is super good like i i think that's like it's so cool that they, they just allow things to uh like they like, allow you to just download the dlc from the previous games and use them with the systems in the new games because like honestly every game that's built upon like the, the skeleton of the previous game should do that um but the fact that they're doing it like for free is amazing yeah it's yeah. so cool it's really it's really good yeah, I've been I've been wanting to try that for a while. I need to get that eventually. I I really I'm really looking forward to getting five on or on three on PS five when I eventually get a PS five because as much as I adore two, the one thing I don't like about it is that it takes like 120 gigabytes to, <laughs> to download in your PS four. <laughs> yeah, I, oh jeez, I'm gonna stick with four because a I don't plan on getting a PS five anytime soon, and and b I am really interested in the VR mode, which apparently is for PS VR. It is apparently very good. So, with some of the usual handicaps of of the PSVR like formats, like you know, it's not very high resolution or that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, it apparently it does capture Hitman quite well in in VR, which sounds fascinating to me. And um, I would I would love to give that a go. And and it's and it like lets you play all of the levels in VR, which is which is hilarious to me. Um, but uh, including like levels from one and two which yeah again just wow but yeah um i'm, I'm gonna 
let's keep keep clicking away. If you've never played, yeah, if you've never played Hitman before, I will just talk about the level I played. Um, the last level in Hitman 2 is basically st- set on, and I'm not. I, I, I'm only slightly overstating this. It's basically set on Epstein Island, just without the horrendous crimes of sorts that are purported to have gone on there. Um, but it is basically like the Illuminati like gathering for like one big party to like celebrate their society, like their, their like doomsday society. Uh, it is very very cool and like and silly and you can you can dress up as like one of the members to like do a meeting about should we do anything about climate change Uh, okay why not (laughs) i don't know it's just so goofy so um yeah i play that game definitely sloan i think i think you could actually play i think you can play paris i think the first level of hitman one for free I think you can just download that one by itself and give that a go. So, okay, yeah, I have all of the first uh, Hitman, the new one. I just oh. checked my Steam library, so. Oh, okay. I thought you would like, but I, but I, ne- I never got two or anything. So two's great. Yeah, two, I, I think two is. I think two's better, and it does some nice quality of life changes, like being, being able to hide in tall grass and things like that, which just make sense. And the UI is sharper as well, and that it's, it's just really, okay. really, really nice. Um, I, I think my, my favorite thing on the entire series, and I say this as someone who's played the entire first two games to completion and love both of them, is the homing briefcase. And I'm so glad that I kept it in <laughs> and continued to make it a thing. Like, yeah, I've not I, got that. I, don't, well, I think I need to unlock that on Miami, I think, or, or however you do it. But but yeah, I, like, I hilarious. Even after like the fifth time I used it to take out someone, it, it still made me laugh so hard. It's such a... I'm so happy when, when companies embrace glitches like that instead of just yeah. like patching them out. Are you aware of this, Sloan? Are you aware of the homing briefcase and like? Yeah, I've, I've seen it. I've seen the. Okay. I've seen some videos of it. It's really oh, funny. It, it, like it makes me think of. Um, this is probably like a, a deep a deep cut, but in the in the Super Robot Wars uh, series, the, the those those uh, tactical RPGs, um, there was a glitch in one of the earlier games where a character who had like a, a very like bombastic like overpowering theme, uh, whenever he fought. It would override whatever other music was playing in that battle, even if it was the final boss and like the epic, like you know, operatic music was playing. It would just do this like really silly, like bouncy song instead. And okay. the developers loved that glitch so much that they started making it intentional from that game on. Like that, if that <laughs> character is in the battle, his theme will play over everyone else's. It doesn't matter what what battle it is or how oh, dramatic wow. the moment is. That's great. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So since awesome. ever since like ever since I learned about that, I'm just like, why don't more devs do that? Like why don't more devs just like <laughs> lean into these these hilarious glitches instead of patching them out because they're no fun there, there have been yeah there's been, there's more instances of that sort of thing than than that i i'm i'm certain but like uh and i still think uh game freak are cowards for not making missing no an actual pokemon by now but uh <laughs> other than that i i yeah I, I love that kind of stuff um but yeah that's what i've been playing um I, I'm, i've just started playing watchdogs too because i feel like i just wanted some open world tat to kind of you know just to lob out to <laughs> so um i'm playing that but it's pretty cool i like it's uh i like its vibe even if the characters are all clearly written by 40 year old white dudes so um <laughs> yeah uh yes sloan what have you been up to uh nothing much either uh had a you know pretty busy week with the world going on and seeing if everything goes bad or what and also uh just editing uh i I, this weekend, I genuinely want to start like some of my new games and get further in Sakura Wars. I'm also working on 
my writing portfolio a bit. So that's been that's been a lot, but that's that's been some that's been pretty good. So I've not been up to much really. Like I, I'm pretty boring. I've I've been playing Grindstone still. Uh, I discovered the like bonus levels in it, and those have been a lot of fun. So I'm still loving Grindstone. I am more than getting my money out of it, and I would still highly recommend it if you if you are interested in that type of thing because it is such a fun game. It's when you get like a good chain or like a level goes really well without you having to use a bunch of items, it's really it's really great. It's really it's satisfying. Really so Conversely yeah, it's my... really annoying it's really annoying when you like eat shit and then like end up having to heal so many times and yeah. use all your items. Ah. But yeah, I like fancy. It's cool. It's it's a good game. I, I really enjoy it and I'm I think I'm nearing the end of the levels. I'm not really sure, so I guess I'll just keep going and see, but yeah, I need to actually like play something so that way I can talk about it next week. <laughs> No, fine. Yeah, just you know, do whatever. Yeah. Um, cool. But uh, oh, that's oh, all. I, I, meant, I, I meant to ask you. Sorry. Who's your Who's your uh, Who's your lady of choice in Sakura Wars? Uh, we asked that the one time. Hatsuo. You did. Oh, sorry. I couldn't remember. Right. But I mean, I'll go. say it again. I Hatsu, Hatsuo was great. Good uh, Anastasia second place. Uh, the rest, uh, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Yes. So next week we will be covering episodes thirty-three through thirty-five. We're getting thick into the uh, into the Destiny Stone search, so we will keep going with that and see how that goes. But that was the Novacast, and thank you for listening. Bye, everyone. Thank you, everyone. I think it's because we're not, like, weird, boring, like, Marvel fans who just, like, ask <laughs> for Marvel characters and everything. Maybe it's different in Japan. Maybe there's, like, Westaboos or whatever. <laughs> just ask. There, there, there are. Did you see that tweet where someone, where someone was, like, uh, it was a Japanese, like, Twitter user, and it, it was sure. translated to English, and it was, like, um, it's, like, most, most people won't know about this amazing show that aired on the NHK, and it's a screenshot of friggin' iCarly. <laughs> That has to be fake. No, <laughs> like, it's one hundred percent real. Yeah, it's real, or, or a thing. But is it like was it sarcastic or like was it ironic? We have found we have found Dan Schneider's alt. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not talking about uh, sending your your Digimon feet to Dan Schneider. Oh no, uh, no, you said it, not me. No, not happy with that. Um, this on. is cursed. Let's get back to, get back to it then. Let's let's let's, let's use this cursed energy to propel us through these next two episodes.